What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Hey, Shyhards! Welcome to episode 276 of Meet Us at Molly's. We are continuing our trip back through the vault. Today it's episode 111. For the last time until we get new episodes. Yeah, this is our last rewatch episode. I thought we would be here a lot longer. I thought we were going to finish PD season one, at least. Yeah. And we're not, which is kind of crazy. At the height of the strikes, I was like, dude, we're going to get through like multiple seasons of these shows. We are so I was like, oh, we're going to finish Fire season one, too, which is 24 episodes. And then we're not, which is kind of crazy. I mean, we still have episodes in between, but we won't do another recap episode. Until a hiatus, probably. Yeah. Until whatever the next hiatus is. It's happening. It's It's happening, happening. baby. We got news and it's it's happening. It's happening. So it's it's Sunday when we're recording, uh, which is December 17th, meaning as of right now, we are a month away from the season premieres. What? It's exciting. (laughs) It is really exciting. It's also just kind of crazy because it's like, holy shit. Holy Holy shit shit. indeed. But I'm so ready. Oh, I'm so ready. I yeah. Give me all of the new stuff to just, like, sink my teeth into. Yeah. I was, like, I watched a series yesterday and I finished it this morning. I was just, like, give me new TV. Like, I'm just ready for it. I was, like, give it to me. Yeah. What are you watching? What did you start? Um, I watched and I finished. Oh, my God. Why can I not think of the name of it now? It's the new Nick Zeno show. And I'm, like, why can I not think of what it's called? I literally. Oh, obliterated. Obliterated. What's it on? Netflix. Okay. It was. Not the best show, like, story-wise, but, like, if you like action and you like, like, raunchy, rated R humor, then I think you'll like it. Or you'll find it entertaining. I didn't, like, it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but I watched all eight episodes in 24 hours, so I was obviously entertained. Did you watch a comedy? I did. Well, yeah, I did. But it's not a comedy in, like, the same way that, like... I can never get behind. I can get behind comedy. I can't get behind like the office comic like style comedy. Okay. Like that does not do it for me. Got it. Cuz that's a whole different brand of comedy. Yeah. But it was fun. I just needed I had watched like 3 Christmas movies and I was like I need something that is the opposite of this. Yeah, I'm I'm in not a rut, but I started to follow travelers. Uh-huh. on hulu um it's on showtime but you can get the showtime package through hulu it's uh matt bomer and jonathan bailey yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The main couple and the premise is something that i would definitely be into but it's very heavy and it moves very slowly oh so it's a very very slow trek through the seven yeah. episodes that there are so far is it more how much many more episodes is it um, I think it's only like seven or eight total. I'm on episode two, but I, I've been on episode two for <laughs> a while. A week. Yeah. 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 It's happy. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, the acting's amazing, of course. Matt Bomer. I, mean, I would watch Matt Bomer in anything. Yeah. Jonathan Bailey's really good too. Yeah. So um, there's other shows that I wanted to watch too that like I can't quite remember. I was just like, I had watched like three Christmas movies yesterday and I was like, give me something that I love the Christmas movies, but I was like, I can't watch anymore today. I was like, I'm done. It's crunch time on the Christmas movies. I, I know. Why do you think I watched three yesterday? Yeah. So you're if you're wondering why today is our last rewatch episode, that's because at the end of this week, it's our fourth annual 
Hallmark Christmas movie episode. No, it's fifth. It's fifth. But it was fourth. Mm-mm. It's did fifth. We... I went back and counted. Did we do one in 2020? Yes, we did. We did? Mm-hmm. We didn't do our normal ATX episode that year because obviously we didn't go to ATX, but we did. We did 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Because I scrolled back through our Insta to like double check that. And I was like, I guess we just didn't do one in 2020. No, we did. I guess we just didn't post about it on Instagram. Okay. But yeah, we did. Fifth annual, then fifth. I got to redo the graphic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. So crazy. Yeah, but it is our fifth annual Hallmark Christmas movie episode with dear friend of the pod who we love so much, Variety's Emily Longaretta. She will be joining us. So... That's exciting. I'm so excited for that episode. Like, I have done homework. Let me tell you. You've done more than me, but I'm getting there. I, like, lost my day Wednesday. I ended up having to work, which is normally my day off. So I, like, lost my day to, like, watch some. So, like, yesterday I was like, I got to catch up. And I watched three, and I was like, I can't watch anymore. I'm done. Yeah, I've got got it down to, like, a science now with a system of, like, how to prep, how to take notes. I've I've got it down to a system now. Like, this this year has done me good. I'm I'm beating myself up because I didn't record the Tyler Hines one, and I thought I did. And now it's not airing again until after we record. And I'm like, oh, um, I think we have it recorded. Let me double check that Charlie didn't delete it. And then I can like give you our password because uh, okay. we started it the other night. But where did we we had just watched something and I was just not feeling it. Yeah, it's crunch time. I need it's crunch time. I got to finish. Yeah, we've been doing really well about watching like you guys have been like watching almost like I feel like one a night and I'm we like, really damn. have. Yeah, we've been crushing it, but there's still a couple that I have to tackle. Uh, the one with Warren Christie, I still have to watch. Yeah, I haven't uh, watched that one yet. The one with isn't there one with Robbie Amell on Amazon Prime? Yes. And Leighton Easter. I watched that one yesterday. Okay, I do have to catch that one. And then I saw an ad about one on Paramount Plus, and I think it was called like Clusterfunk Christmas or something. And it sounded like a mess. And I was like, I need to watch that. Clusterfunk? Yeah, like F-U-N-K-E. Yes, there is. It's Anna Gase. Is it Gasteyer? Is that how you yeah, say it? Yeah, Anna Gasteyer. Bella Lavelle, who from Crazy Girlfriend, Cheyenne Jackson, Maya Rudolph. Dang. But that's from 2021. So I thought it was can, new. Stupid sponsored ads. You can watch it and you just don't have to watch it before we record. Sponsored ads leading me astray. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So no, it's not new. I mean, I guess it's new if we haven't seen it, but yeah. Yeah. So um, the other thing too, if you didn't see our socials, um, we're trying to make one of those TikToks. Like SVU does not get to have all the fun, okay? We get to have some fun, too. I'm surprised they haven't done one for One Chicago yet. I know. I know. So you've seen those TikToks going around where people are like, of course we're, like, fill in the blank here. We blank, blank, blank. Um, SVU did one. Why can't we have one? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. So uh, we're doing that. Send us your clips, please. Um, We had some fun with the group chat the other day. We were just spouting off all sorts of, like, all sorts of reasons for uh, being one Chicago fans. So, some appropriate, some not appropriate. But Order's coming back the same, well, the, the Thursday after one Chicago, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. So send us your clips, please. Don't be shy. Like, this you is have not until Friday. Like, yeah. You Friday. have until Friday. This is not supposed to be like groundbreaking, earth shattering TikTok cinema. This is just for fun. It's so, fun. We're coming. The shows are coming back to us. Like it's the holidays. 2024 is almost here. Like we're having it's some just fun. supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
yeah, um, that's going on. And we do have some news. 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 I know. We're getting into territory like pretty soon that there's gonna be like images and descriptions. Like we're we're getting we're inching it, towards that. It's also just crazy because like they literally just started filming like not that long ago. And yet they're gonna have episodes out in a month, and it's just like Jesus. I'm the so editors ready. are not getting much of a Christmas, let's put it that way. No. No, they're not. So there's a new promo. There's a new promo. Mostly all old clips, except for one that they sneaked in at the very end with Stellaride. Oh. Yeah. We see what you did there, editors. <laughs> yeah. Nice try. Nice yeah. try. But yeah, it's mostly all old clips. And then the very last one, you see Severide just say, you know, I'm here. We're in this together. And then they kiss. They kiss, right? Yeah, they kiss. Yeah. It was just like seeing him back in that one clip. I was like, he's back. Like he's actually back. Like reading it was one thing, seeing the pictures, but like seeing the clip, I was like, he's back. And it just like, it feels so good. It does feel good. It's really good to see him. Yeah. Every time there's like behind the scenes photos that pop up on socials. Like I just feel that like, that like buzz. I'm just like, oh, he's back. He's home. But even just like seeing the photos, like obviously like he could have been on set and not in a scene or whatever, but like just seeing the actual clip, I was just like, okay. Like, but then it gets me wondering, I'm like, okay, so then how does he, him coming back, like actually play out? Cause like, did Stella obviously was supposed to go to Alabama and get him, but like, I don't know. It's just like, then all the theories start happening and it's like. Oh, we're back in that mindset. We're back. It feels good. It feels so good. We had a, t- it was a total, like, be careful what you wish for back in May. But we were like, we need a break. And the universe was like, oh, you want one? Here. Here. <laughs> and now we're like, I'll never take them for granted again. No, never take them for granted again. <laughs> so in addition to the new promo that has dropped, we got casting news. Nope, more casting news. We got casting news. So... Rome Flynn is joining Chicago Fire for season 12. I think the theory is that he's Gallo's replacement. Yeah. So, yeah, Rome Flynn, he's been and he was in Amazon's With Love and he was yeah. also on ABC's How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. But yes, he is the newest member of Chicago Fire. Right now it's a recurring guest role, could expand into something bigger. Um and we will see him in 1202. Mm-hmm. January 24th. So, yeah, his uh, his character's name is Jake Gibson, which is really close to a firefighter on another show. Yep. Yeah. Really close. Really close. Yeah. But Jake- they don't have to worry anymore because that show's going away. So. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about that. We. What nope. the fuck? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Okay, so the rest of the room news real fast. He will portray Jake Gibson, a quietly confident former amateur boxer with a dark past. Okay. I'm here for that. Give I'm it to me. It. Yeah, yeah. Makes me sad that Antonio's not still around. They could bond over that, but, you know, cool. You know. You know. Excited, excited to see him. Yeah. When also, past, it yeah. feels maybe, I'll be curious to see how they do it because the last part says, like, he earns a spot on 51's radar thanks to a heroic act, which kind of, again, feels like a little similarly to Gallo. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just don't make him a carbon copy of Gallo, which obviously if he's a boxer with a dark pass, he's not going to be. But still, I think the more time that goes by, the less convinced I am that Gallo's going to die. 
I'm I'm starting to feel like he's going to leave very like unceremoniously. They're just going to be like, hey, a squad position opened up at another house. Or like his aunt. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's the case. I guess it just worries me given the fact that he's coming. He is coming back for one episode. Like if he just wasn't coming back at all, then I feel like that would be more likely. But I don't know. I'm starting to feel less Blake Gallo death vibes, but I could be wrong. Let's hope so. I I don't need Blake Gallo death vibes. I don't I don't know. I I don't want to return to like my favorite shows after like six months off to a violent death. Yeah. No, thank you. No, no, no. We already thought we were getting one, which we're not, but like I don't need another one. I don't right. need to be like, hey, Mouch isn't dying, but by the way, Gallo is. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, nobody has spotted Patty yet. Like, Patty Watch continues, and it's killing me. Yeah. It's crazy. And I guess Benjamin is MIA still, too. (laughs) Where in the world is Dante Torres? (laughs) Nobody knows. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, nope. Nobody knows. He won the award, though, for... I don't think we've talked about that since we... No, he won the Imogen Award, yeah. He did. Which is amazing, but... um, yeah ramona can't use that an excuse anymore like that was in la so like yeah theoretically he could have been gone for a couple days but like that was a while ago now yeah yeah uh ramona posted a couple weeks ago she was like super excited to be back on set and everything and she when she tagged everybody she included or yeah she included benjamin in that so yeah i don't know it's a mystery (laughs) it's a mystery man if you see benjamin anywhere please let us know yeah please (laughs) don't know we don't know we don't know he could be in chicago he could be on the moon yeah no idea yeah the way pd is just gonna be like birds of water it's gonna come to yeah it's gonna be four people it's just gonna be like Berzik Water and Voight just like playing Monopoly in the bullpen. And then Platt downstairs. Yeah. That's it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so wild. So wild. Oh my goodness. So that's the news. Mm -hmm. That's the news. But yes, Station 19, what the fuck? It's crazy. Like, talk about out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, and the rumor, the least the rumors that I've seen is that a lot of people are saying that, like, once ABC got 911, A, they don't need two shows competing with each other, basically, that are the same premise. And also, B, that 911 is so expensive that they can't afford to keep Station 19 anymore. But I don't know. It makes no sense to me the more I think about it. Because I was like, ABC for a long time wanted to have something similar, like the trending topic, which is these shared universes but if you get rid of station 19 abc loses their shared universe so it makes no sense to me i'm like the fact that it seems like the casting creators found out like right as they're starting the new season like that's also kind of bullshit yeah and if you didn't want two shows competing against each other shouldn't you have thought about that before you made the offer on 911 i feel like they think that 911 is a bigger name a bigger than station 19 but station 19 literally outperformed gray's anatomy last year yeah because it's time for gray's anatomy to end 
yeah. I mean, I'm not watching Grey's Anatomy anymore, so I can't talk about what's actually going on over there. I do watch Station of 19, so I can't talk about what that show is. And I don't know. 911 has also not been great. Like, I haven't even finished. I have like two episodes left, I think, of last season, but it's just so boring. It's so boring. I'm multiple seasons behind on both 911 and Lone Star. Well, Lone Star, I'm behind a little bit more, but like, they're not coming back to the fall. So I ain't got to worry about that one right this second. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's crazy. And they get in 10 episodes, which is great because if they had ended on the cliffhanger of last season, that would have been worse. So I'm glad they're going to get 10 episodes, but they have so much to wrap up that like, I'm just worried that it's going to feel so rushed. Yeah. Probably. So which is like, I'm grateful that they're getting 10, but like, yeah. We never know what goes into those decisions, but it does sound like bullshit. So it feels like it feels like bullshit because like if they hadn't gotten 911, I don't think we would be in this position. So it's like only because they got another show did is this happening? Yeah. Yeah. And then the same day they announced that Good Trouble was getting canceled. And I was not in a good dead space that day. I was like, can we not? That day was a bloodbath. Well, and and Freeform is like Freeform axed all their scripted shows now, didn't they? Yep. It was that. It was Good Trouble and Cruel Summer. So what no the more fuck are scripted. they doing? <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. We just got the TV industry back. Like, don't tinker with it. I know. And that's what it feels like, too. It's like, oh, yeah, SAG's done now. We can actually start, like, canceling all these things. And I'm like, can we not? Like, can we not? That's yeah. what it felt like. But for those happened in the same day, I was like, Bryna is not okay right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bryna is not okay today. A I lot of I our friends. About, I feel worse about Good Trouble. I mean, I feel really bad about Station 19, but Good Trouble had already shot. They're like 5B is what this next season is. And now they're just like, oh, well, we get, they may get to go back and like film some scenes to basically like piece together a supersized finale. So, like, I'm really nervous about that one because I feel like that's not going to be a great ending. That I don't know. Sucks, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yay for all the other shows coming back, but like, it sucks that Station 19 is getting yaks because it was great in a very different way than Fire was. It, it was great. It really was a lot of overlap. Everybody thought that those two were going to compete and really they, they complimented each other nicely. Well, and I don't even think that I think station 19 never shied away from tackling topics. I wish, I mean, granted they're very different shows and Grey's that world that Shonda created was always known for tackling more topical issues, mm-hmm. but station 19 really went in on all the black lives matter, mental health. Like they did so many amazing storylines and they didn't like tell them for two or three episodes and then like drop them. Like they told like for seasons, they've been telling, you know, stories about black lives matter and mental health. Like they just, they went for it and it was always so good. And I'm really going to miss that when station 19 is done. Cause it was yeah. really important storytelling and fired. Uh, it's not really their realm that they you know dive into they kind of like teeter towards it they'll they'll like they'll tiptoe and then be like okay i need them to get on better representation and then we can get into that stuff if they ever want to go there and i think the thing that helped station 19 a lot with telling those stories is that they had a younger cast so with a yeah they have it's mostly like 30s yeah i would say maybe 40s 
in Grays, I mean, you've got that younger generation coming in. However, they're confined to the hospital all the time. Right. But I mean, with the patients, that's where you get a lot of that in Grays. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, Station 19 is definitely like 30s, 40s. So mm-hmm. it definitely helps. So. Man, bummer. A lot of our friends were really bummed about that. Yeah, it was not not a good day. No, not a good day. So, boo. Uh, no patron shout outs this week if you would like to support the pod for as little as two dollars a month please check the link in our socials you guys the stuff going on in our patron group is so cool the card exchange the card exchange is so awesome i like i went into this completely unprepared because now i have all these cards and like no display system but it's been awesome like every day we come home to like three four or five cards from our different patrons it's so much fun my dad was like, I should just stop checking the mailbox because it's all for you. He's <laughs> like, why do I even bother anymore? Yeah. The Christmas card exchange. This is the second time we've done this. It's a lot of fun. Completely. But last year in. it was more like, okay, yeah, if you have some leftover cards, like, let's just, yeah, who wants them? And like this year it was like way more prepared. Like it was like an actual exchange and I can't wait to already do it again next year. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing that. We've got, we've spun off different like group chats and watches based on other shows. So um, yeah. I joined some of our patrons earlier this week for a Flashpoint rewatch. We watched one of the best episodes of the show, I think ever. <laughs> in my opinion um we have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun so please check it out because i mean we're having a blast yeah and we got a family over there we we got a cool family oh did you know um some of our patrons are planning to make shirts for the epic con in september really no i did not know that i saw some of our patrons met up again in person this past yeah, that was this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun. It's always cool to see like everyone else meeting up with each other. And it's always really fun. It's so cool. It's so, so cool. So yeah, check the link. I mean, the, the community is kind of the best thing that's come out of this, in my opinion. For sure. For sure. For sure. It's really fun. It's really, really fun. So, all right. Let's talk about these episodes, shall we? Oh, man. Oh, man, indeed. Oh, man. Oh, man, indeed. Uh, Yeah. So we'll start with Med, like we always do. Oh, Will was on one this week. He was so on one. I even texted you while I was watching. I was like, when was Natalie the sane one? Right. I was like, since when was Natalie the sane one? I feel like in season one, she's very subdued compared to like what she got to. And like, Will is definitely the like crazy one in this season. And I'm like, oh my God. This and this kind of case, especially in like season two or three, this would send Nat over the edge. Yeah. And she was like, no, you're wrong. And I was like, oh, who is this Natalie? Oh my gosh. Okay. So we start the episode in Sharon's office and it's Sharon, Will, Peter. I had to think about that one. Okay. Sharon, Will, Peter, and the Bakers. Yep. And the Bakers. Okay. The lawsuit has already been filed. Yep. So both of them are parties. You've got your plaintiff and defendant right there. What the hell are they all doing in the same room together without the baker's attorney? Well, no, the baker's attorney was there. Actually, never mind. It, it was the, the interaction. But was still, okay. it was like not, I guess I would have envisioned this scene being set around like one of those big like boardroom tables and like the baker's people are all on one side and then the med people are all on the other, but they're all just basically like sitting right next to each other. And I was just like, this is how we're discussing the settlement and like what's going on. Like, I don't know. It just felt very weird. It's so informal and it feels like it breaks like a million different rules. 
that's what I'm saying is like I would have envisioned it at like a huge long boardroom table with like the bakers on one side and the med people on the other and that's not what happens Will's basically like sitting almost next to Jennifer Baker oh yeah and Jennifer is shooting daggers at him the entire oh my god time. yeah she's like oh god the side eye yeah and, and I mean I wouldn't want to be next to him no and like Goodwin this whole time has been like Will stay the fuck away from her and now in this very relaxed setting here he is next to her also what are they doing trying to like mediate this and come to a settlement with the clients present yeah i mean you would know more about that than i would but yeah it's just, it's just ridiculous. isn't it normally that like the attorneys and the clients talk and then the attorneys go talk and like debate it out and then the attorneys go back to their clients isn't that how it works yeah it's it's called mediation and so what usually happens is you've got one party in one room one party in the other and yeah the attorneys talk and then they kind of come to each other and then they go back to their clients they're the right. clients never see each other which is for the best right unless it has to go to court right right and especially when your client is will halstead it's probably a good idea to keep him sequestered well, and because, like, isn't the idea of mediation is that, like, the clients couldn't work it out themselves, which is why they need attorneys to try to work it out. And then if that still doesn't work, then you then go to court. Then we go to court. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all yeah. of that. All of that. Yeah. But, like, Sharon and Peter should know better, better than to have Will in the room. It's one thing for the bakers, like, whatever. We don't know how they would react in these situations. But Will just cannot keep his fucking mouth shut. Imagine this scenario, though, in, like, season eight that we just came off of, because Will in that, because, like, at this point, they don't know Will that well. I mean, they know him a little bit, but, like, he's still new. And, like, I just imagine this happening in season eight, given Will and Goodwin's relationships and all the shit that Will's gone through in the season eights. And, like, yeah, this situation in season eight would have been, like, a shit show. I mean, it's already a shit show, but an even worse shit show. It's bad. It's yeah. really bad because then the attorneys are talking like the big kids are talking, right? They're being their professional selves. And one of the biggest rules is like, don't fucking talk to the other client. Just don't do it. You're being sued. You cannot talk to them. You can only talk to them through their attorney. And yeah. what does Will do right in the middle of it? He's like, I was trying to save your life. I was, you know, I wanted you to have a, a future. And Goodwin and Peter are like, Will, shut That's up. Yeah. It's not good. It's really not good really really not good so then since it's already not good right it gets worse mm -hmm. because of course uh he finds zoe and he asks zoe to snoop and find out how jennifer is doing in the trial i don't know who's worse in this situation though will for asking or her for being like so just into will that she's willing to like risk her job and all that stuff to like make him happy I don't think she knows his track record. He doesn't have a track record at this point. It's season one. Mm, he does he, so far, though. I mean, he does. But, like, even then, like, even if she knew, I mean, she doesn't know. Like, I still wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, you're, unless you really just hate your job and you're like, fuck it, I don't care. But, like, it seems like she likes her job. No, Will, Will is the problem to me on this one. Because, and, okay, what, something that really made me mad here. So, um. He's like, can you find out how she's doing in the study? And he, she's like, well, that's confidential. The look that he gives her. Yeah, it's basically like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, uh, I, yeah, hey. 
I love that man, but this is the only time that I've ever wanted to punch him in the face. It's so bad. This whole episode, Will is off his rockers. Oh, he's insane. It's so bad. He is insane. But like, if somebody came to me asking me to do something I shouldn't do and then gave me that face, that would piss me off to the highest degree. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So then he's like, cool, that worked. Now I'm going to go be super awkward with Natalie. This is so awkward. Really awkward. So like, walk, walk, walk. Oh, hi, Nat. Awkward pause. Yeah. So they're like, we should probably talk because we had a super awkward kiss last week. Yeah. Because, you know, a totally normal reaction when somebody says, why are you so mean to me is to kiss them. Yeah. So bad. So, so bad. So they're like, yeah, we'll talk. And they just go see their new patient instead, which like, how did they get paired up? When did we decide this? What? <laughs> Probably not the well, best idea. Was it Maggie's role? I don't know. I, I don't know. But like, I also- would just assume as like charged nurse that that was her role to be like, okay, you're working together this week. Or today. After what happened last week, it's probably not a good idea for them to be treating a patient together, is it? But but that's what I'm saying. If, like, say it is Maggie's role, right? To dish out, like, okay, you're covering these rooms, you're covering these rooms, whatever. Maggie, I assume, probably knows about the kiss because as Natalie's best friend, right? I would like to think so, but... So then she should know better that you pair them up together. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm with you on that. Maggie, what are you doing, girl? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? So they go see their patient. And their patient is this little kid. And um, the, pa- the the parents at first seem, like, really knowledgeable about medicine. They're just, like, spouting all these different facts. And they know things. And so Will's like, are you guys doctors? And he's like, no, no, we're engineers. I'm married to an engineer. He doesn't talk like that. Yeah. What gives? Well, what gives is that they are anti-vaxxers and that's why they know so much. Oh, boy. I feel like this holds up way worse after COVID and all that stuff. True. Like, it was one thing already in 20... What year would have this been? 14. No, it aired later than that, didn't it? 15, then. 14 or 15. Yeah, this may have been 16 even by the time it, like, the year changed. Um, But, so it was already bad then, but given after 2020... Uh, yeah it became even more relevant yep yeah so so will handles this about as well as you think he's just like you don't think it's a good idea to immunize immunize your other kids either they're just like no no this whole conversation i was just like i mean i'm on team will for the one and only time in this episode but will does not i'm on team will in terms of what he's saying i'm not on team will in terms of how he says it well we've all got opinions about things but we don't voice them at right. all times there's a time and place for everything and you're a doctor so what you're gonna have the same spiel every single time someone comes into your er that is an anti-vaxxer because you, these are not the only people you're ever gonna run into who are right so and surely even though it's season one surely this man has been a doctor long enough at this point to know better than to like talk to the pa- patients this way he should he should like but I guess he didn't run to that many anti-vaxxers in when he was doing plastic surgery. True. I mean, or maybe he didn't just didn't know they were anti-vaxxers. But like, I don't know. 
You've got somebody like Sarah who's brand spanking new in this hospital, and she does good stuff this episode. She does yes, good yes. work. Sarah's was good. Yeah, yeah. I really liked her storyline. So Will has no excuse to be new and be like flying off the handle and just being a dick. Yeah. Oh, I know. Makes no sense. Yeah. Makes no sense. So yeah, Jennifer's doing fine in the trial, but this whole episode, it's basically like Will is just like dancing around the hospital, like, where can I be the most annoying? Well, it's also like once he learns that, it's almost like, I mean, it is his validation that what he did is right. But no, it's not, Will. Just because she's doing fine in the trial, that's not what she wanted. Right. And now he's going to use that as like a chance to gloat, be like, huh, see, like, I was right to not resuscitate, you know, to not follow her DNR and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, no, that wasn't the point. That's not the point. So bad. Yeah. So bad. So then Goodwin is, Goodwin's having a bad day. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, Goodwin. Poor thing. She, yeah, she, she's not having a good day. Just everywhere she looks in the hospital, shit's just going crazy. So she is like on the war path, just like walking through the hospital and she passes by him and says basically like the words that can strike fear into anyone. And she goes, Dr. Hall said, I need a word with you. Mm, shit. She says that to me. I'm going to be like terrified. I'm gonna be like, oh shit. So yeah. this, just this. Why were you poking around the clinical trial wing? I didn't talk to her. I instructed you not to go anywhere near Jennifer Baker. But I heard good news. Jennifer hasn't had any of the usual side effects. She's doing great in her treatment. That's beside the point. You blatantly disregard the one thing I asked you not to do. This could mean she's on the road to remission. And then I'm sure they'll drop the lawsuit. You don't know that. You know, I have tried to be supportive of you. But one more misstep and I will suspend you. You will be barred from this hospital until the lawsuit is settled, and when it is, I will recommend to the board that you be terminated. Oh, she's gonna recommend termination. That's such a cute little threat. I'm like, okay, okay. Seven seasons later, he's still there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This one episode is when I'm like, fucking do it already. Right. It's like the one time we really want him fired. <laughs> Yeah, and then she did actually fire him, only for him to beg for his job back, and she relented. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, too. That was, yeah. what, end of season... That was end of season six, right? When Natalie and April leave? Think so. And then... And Co yeah, Matt Cooper and comes was, in. Yeah, because Will's not working when, he, when Natalie leaves, right? Like, what is it about Will that Goodwin just cannot, like, fire him? Yeah, I know. I would love to ask a payfa of that one day. I would too. Like, what was it about Will? Not that that she never fired him, but like, what did she see in Will that made her like continuously believe in him and keep giving him second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, like more chances? That is a good question. It really is. Yeah. Because in, in a normal, you know, I said it last week, in a normal situation, Will is like season five of Dr. Death. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But really, even when she's like, I'm going to recommend your termination. I'm like, how did this woman never follow through on this threat? Yeah. How did it happen? So Natalie is just kind of taking it upon herself to go to this little girl's school and like hand out booster shots. That make what? No, I don't think that's how this works. No, but like if that's the worst thing Natalie did this episode. No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it just doesn't make sense that a doctor is a little, gonna... it is like if you sit there and think about it that like, 
I don't know. And like, we don't know. Maybe there was a scene where like Natalie had to let the school know, like, hey, you know, this is what's happening with this girl. Like, just in case any of your other students like were to contract it. And they were like, oh, well, can we set up something? Like, I mean, you know, we don't really know that she just did it upon herself, but. Right. It was still just kind of like, what? Yeah. For in terms of the storyline, it's like, okay. And even after all this bullshit that has gone down between Natalie and Will and how they're like, they're just so weird together. Natalie still is like, hey, Will, come with me. Okay. So they go to the school and at the school, we find out that one of the teachers has the same thing as the little girl. It's like flu type B or something. It's something that gets handled when you get vaxxed as a baby. So yeah, the the teacher has it. But does this mean the teacher wasn't vaccinated either? Well, I mean, vaccines doesn't mean that you'll never get something. It just means you're less likely to get it. I don't speak medicine. Right? I mean, like, you can still get the flu and have the flu vaccine. Like, just like you could get COVID and, like, still, you know, have gotten the COVID vaccine and, like, still get COVID. Yeah, true. Like, you can still get anything that you're vaccinated for. It's just, A, you're less likely, and B, if you're vaccinated, you usually have a less terrible strain of it if you were to get it. Yeah, true. So. That's true. So, all of this leads to Will going off on the dad, and Will spouts a lot of truth here. He does. Not the way you should handle it, though. No, not the way you should handle it, but he's about some truth. But, like, look, I'm a fan for, like, sometimes you've just got to, like, go out of the way and just, like, say the blunt thing, but not in a professional setting. Yeah. And not when you're a doctor. Yeah. Time and place. Uh, And all of that eventually leads to Will and Nat, air quote, talking about it. Here's that conversation. Hey. You know, they're never going to vaccinate their other kids after that, right? I know. I know. I shouldn't have shot my mouth off. It was because of me, wasn't it? I think it was very gallant. You do? (laughs) Maybe we should talk about that kiss. You ask why I treat you so badly. Why I say things I wouldn't say to anybody else. I'm like a little kid with a crush on a girl. So what does he do? He he pulls her pigtails. Look, I understand if you don't feel the same way. Listen, please. I don't know what I would do without you. There is just so much in my life that I haven't figured out yet. You don't have to explain that, Leah. I, I get it. No, I don't. I don't think you do. I'm not trying to let you down gently or put you off. I'm just not in that place yet. Okay. I, I didn't think it was gallant. It was stupid. Yeah. Even they're, like, talking about it. It was like, okay, finally they, like, cleared the air. But also, it's like, this is still a little awkward. A lot awkward. Yeah. But also, Nat's response to this is her, is this basically her saying yes, but not now? Yes, which is why they didn't happen until the end of season two. Yeah. Like, the end of season two, beginning of three. I mean... Because he obviously goes on to date Nina, and she goes on to date Jeff, so. She handles it pretty well. She does. 
So, yeah. So Will catches Miss Goodwin on her way out because even though she's having like the worst day, it's her anniversary. And so she he catches her on the way out and we get the iconic like, yes, Dr. Halstead, you've been a monumental pain in the ass line. And it was so good to hear it like in the context of the episode because like obviously I know that line but then I was like oh yep I would have said the exact same thing Goodwin because I can now put the context with the quote and I'm just like yep yep yeah yep, yep. yeah but also buckle up Sharon because you're in for eight more years of this yep <laughs> yeah oh man and so yeah she just kind of you know he he's like what's your secret to being married for so long and she's like stay out of each other's way and never miss an anniversary so yeah, I guess that's the secret. That's the secret for what he needs to do with Natalie. But like, I like how they're trying to make us focus on Will and Nat when really what we need to focus on is Will completely fucking up his job and doing illegal shit day in and day out. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when this all gets resolved. Like, how many more episodes of this do we have? That's a good question. A couple more for sure, because I mean, it gets resolved, and then we have that scene of him and Jay walking around the bean. Oh yeah, I literally blocked that out of my memory i forgot about that but yeah i do vaguely remember that now that you said that um also i definitely forgot that goodwin and burt were still married at the beginning of med like yeah. completely forgot about that mm-hmm. i was like oh i was like they were like when he like the flowers get delivered i was like oh yeah because we've just hated burt for so long and goodwin's hated burt for so long i'm yeah. just like <laughs> yep i'm like oh yeah they were technically still married yep. yeah so also maybe her advice kind of backfired. Stay out of each other's way. Yep. Yep. I'm sad. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so next up we've got, well, Connor starts on this one and then it just kind of like segues into like Sarah and Dr. Charles and Goodwin. And it really becomes Sarah's case and then Connor ends up on the Ethan stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Take it away. So, like we said, it started out with Connor, and his patient has necrotizing fasciitis, which I can literally never think about in the same way again. Uh, bad. Bad. I have bad memories of this, and I just, like... Of I this mean, episode? Great cross- what? Of this episode? No! The crossover! The infection crossover! Oh, God, yeah. No, you're right. Why did I block that from my memory? That was, like, our pre-COVID bliss. That's what I'm saying. Great crossover, but like anytime I think about necro, if I hear necrotizing fasciitis, I think of the crossover. So now that we're like going back, I'm like, yep, okay, cool. so bad. And when they cut his shirt and they see like just like the, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. I think about the crossover. Oh my god, it's crazy. And these scenes are kind of graphic too. Not like graphic, graphic, but like enough that like to make you kind of just like, Ew. yeah. Well, and then like so then obviously they go up and they start debriding the muscle and it's like you said it's very graphic yeah yeah and they and zanetti says it so casually she's like we're debreeding the muscle i'm like no you you took a potato peeler to the whole right side of his body that's what you did Mm -hmm. i mean but that's kind of what they had to do but yeah it's like yeah they have to take a skin graft from somewhere else then right to like cover that i assume so i don't know infection didn't cover that part they were too busy trying to figure out where the infection came from true true infection didn't cover that part no um so sarah comes in at one point and she ends up double checking zanetti's order with connor and like that makes really zanetti mad which like as it should be but also i definitely thought after last week i thought zanetti was gone so like i saw her this week and i was like oh 
I thought she was gone at this point. They really fumbled the ball with Zanetti. Yeah. I wonder why, like, I wonder, like, what made them, like, was that their plan all along? Was it, like, just not working the way they wanted it to? Like, I would love to eventually find out, like, why. To reduce her down from the head of trauma to, like, a sex object? And then just, like, ghost her? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, they definitely fumbled the ball. Now, I do want to give Sarah the benefit of the doubt here and just, you know, she's new her brain's in a million places she probably just like didn't think like oh Zanetti's the head of trauma I can take that and run with it but Connor should have corrected her and just been like Zanetti's head of trauma oh, for sure yeah for sure I mean yeah like and mistakes happen but Connor definitely should have corrected her and but I understand like it because he didn't I understand why Zanetti's mad oh hell yeah yeah hell yeah yeah so then we are introduced to the patient's private practice doctor whose name I cannot remember right this Dr. Unger. Unger. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So Dr. Unger gets brought in and we find out very quickly that Unger and Charles are basically, they're, they're really good friends. They went to medical school together. Like they've been friends for a very, very, very long time. So... Sarah is doing her due diligence and, you know, checking in on her patient and all that stuff. And she ends up finding out from the patient's partner that the patient basically went to see Dr. Unger two days prior with what he thought was just a simple pimple. And Dr. Unger basically sent him home and it was like, it's no big deal. And obviously that wasn't the case. And so Sarah takes it upon herself to start looking into things and asking around about Dr. Unger. And April ends up telling her that it's not the first time Dr. Unger has misdiagnosed things, that it's not the first time he's misdiagnosed things in the last like three months. So April, she like lures, lures April into like printing off a list of like all Dr. Unger's like recent patients. And she ends up taking it to Goodwin because there is way more examples of this than necessary. It's like four patients within the last, like, I don't remember, but like a specific time frame that like ended up having like really bad complications that could have easily been prevented if like Dr. Unger had like taken more time with them and like really worked with them when they first came in to see him. There is our little detective. Look at her go. She's such a little detective. And so she does the right thing and she takes it to Goodwin. Um, And Goodwin has Dr. Charles in there because, you know, Dr. Charles knows Unger probably the best. And yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming a big deal as it should be. I like that Goodwin respects everything Sarah has to say. She doesn't just blow her off. No. And I mean, Goodwin obviously has to do her due diligence too and like look into what Sarah has presented her but yeah I definitely I definitely appreciated that because I did I like vaguely remembered this once I started rewatching it but when I got to this scene I was like oh she's gonna blow her off and she didn't and I thought Dr. Charles was gonna have a bigger like no way he didn't do this like I don't believe you and that didn't happen either um so neither one of them is really like that though they they're always, you know, open to the facts. If somebody comes to them with something, even if it sounds preposterous, they're like, okay, tell me more. And then, I know, and then but this is season one. And I just couldn't remember, like, it's, there's just so much stuff happening. And like, as we rewatch this, like, I, it's been interesting to see, like, 
how the characters have changed from the early days. And I just couldn't remember if that was something they would have done in season one or if that's a more like recency bias opinion of like what their characters would have done in that situation. Right. Um, but basically the patient ends up dying because of the necrotizing fasciitis. And yeah. So Dr. Unger and Dr. Charles end up having a drink and they talk about it. And Dr. Unger basically spills all the tea about like how he hates medicine and what the field has become. And yeah. Like he's sad. I mean, like, I think he does like regret his misdiagnosis, but like, he's just, he's like done. He's, he's well, done. And, and the vibe I got from that conversation is that the industry has basically come to a point where it's quantity over quality. Because he mentions yeah. in that scene, he's like, I see like 50 patients a day now and I have to yep. for overhead costs. I feel like this is like a daily conversation I hear between like my dad and his friends that are still doctors. And like, I, I hear this conversation all the time. My dad always says that like, if he knows, if he knew now what he knows about medicine, like, and, but he said like today, like, would he become a doctor? He says, no, he wouldn't have become a doctor. It's sad. Yeah. It's really, it, it's really bad. It's, it's really bad. Yeah. I mean, most of the doctor's appointments I go on are usually like two minutes or three minutes. It's, it's quick. And a lot of doctors today who are like just coming in, I think feel very entitled. Like they don't really want to work. They kind of just want like everything. They want what like doctors are known for, for like having all the money and stuff like that, but like without actually having to get there. And it's, yeah, I hear this conversation all the time, (laughs) like all the time, at least once a week. Bad. So the fact that this was happening in 2015, 16, I mean, yeah, makes sense. It's like worse though today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yes, basically it ends and like Goodwin meets him on the way out and basically takes his hospital ID. So he's still a doctor. She can't take away that part. Like, but um, she can take away his hospital privileges. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sad. Mm-hmm. And like that yeah. guy died at like 35. That's just. Yeah. For something that could have been prevented if, you know, very easily. Now, the other part of this, too, though, I mean, Unger kind of explained to Dr. Charles, like, the process. He's like, look, he didn't have a fever. He wasn't showing any signs of infection. He's like, I gave no, him an No, I know. And that's the thing. That's the thing, too, right? Like, you could still do everything and still miss something. Because at that point, when they were in your office or whatever, that, like, it wasn't presenting at that time. But I think he also kind of just, the way the patient's partner describes it, he felt like, he kind of just got like, okay, it's just a pimple, like shoo shoo. Yeah, yeah. She's or at like, least I that's how it happens. How it happened according to the patient's partner. But yeah, because I mean, that after after Unger explained that, I was kind of like, okay, well, wait a second. Like, what what else was he supposed to do then? Yeah, it was he, more of a like he felt dismissed rather than um, feeling like he did everything that he was supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. Very sad. So then we move over to Ethan, which is like Ethan, and then it turns into Connor. Yeah. And it's kind of Ethan and Connor together. Mm-hmm. I miss when the storylines used to do this, though, when they were dynamic and would shift around. And it wasn't just like doctor, patient, case. It was just kind of yeah. like, this doctor came from here to here. Kind of miss those days. Okay. So Ethan's patient is Van Meter. Yep. Van Meter. Um, It's the same actor, Tim Hopper. 
it is not Van Meter the character. It's a different character. This is Van Meter before Van Meter existed. Back in the day when everyone started out on the shows and then came on later to play completely different characters. Yep. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Uh, Has he been on med, though, since he became Van Meter? uh, According to IMDb, yes. Okay. But I didn't see exactly which episodes because I I had that Um, moment when this episode started. I'm Googling. Hold on a second. Yeah, this episode started and I was like, I know that person. But it was one of those where you're like, you can't place him. And so I went on IMDb and I was like, oh, it's Van Meter, of course. Okay. He was last year. (laughs) The season eight premiere apparently is when he was med. Oh, because of the fire at uh, Dylan's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He was also apparently... In an episode of Fire before he was Van Meter. I love it. In season two. And then he becomes Van Meter like season six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh. I love all of it. I love that we've gotten to know all of these background actors. Like yeah. the, you know, the like the, the level here, it's like Doris, Treaty, you know, all of them. Courtney. Like, I, Courtney. I love that yeah. we've gotten to know them all and like we've like we're able to spot them. But I also love how these actors who have been around since the very beginning, they've found recurring characters for them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Love it. It's so fun. So the patient here, I think his name is Ken. He has the ulcer from hell. Mm-hmm. Hell. So he's got an LVAD. Think back to like your early season Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's like that's definitely what I like think about. Yeah. Is know. when every time I hear LVAD is do you, I mean, if you don't think Denny Duquette, like, who are you? Right, right. So RIP Denny, cue the snow patrol, like all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, he's got an LVAD and it, it's common to have GI issues with an LVAD, which sounds yeah. terrible. Sounds terrible. I mean, kind of makes sense, but also like sounds terrible. No, it totally sounds terrible. Would you like the alternative? It's like horrible, heinous acid reflux. That's the worst ever or heart failure. Neither. Right. And neither you end up dying. Those. And yeah. you end up dying. Neither of those sound good. Yeah. So he's miserable. And he basically just tells Connor, he's like, you're a surgeon. Take the damn thing out. And so Connor is like, no, because you'll die. And so the guy's like, no, I don't really care. So he takes it upon himself. The patient takes the batteries out himself and it goes as well as you would think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So Connor goes to Dr. Downey because he's like, okay, well, what the fuck do I do here? And he gives him this. I have a patient. He's had an LVAD for four months, been experiencing unremitting pain, fatigue. He has little to no control over his bodily functions. That happens, unfortunately. It's been rough. And he is not a candidate for a artificial heart. Where is he on the transplant list? Pretty far down. Chances of being moved up are slim to none. And he wants you to take it out. Yeah. Do it. But he'll die. I am a cardiothoracic surgeon. The patient has asked you to remove it, yes? In no uncertain terms. Then honor his wishes. I hope when my time comes to 
be so lucky as to have someone extend me the same consideration. We didn't appreciate that man enough. No, we did not. But also, like, Downey and Will should have crossed paths at some point. Mm-hmm. To talk about, like, patient wishes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Downey just says, he's like, look, if he knows the consequences, do it. And, you know, the patient will be thankful that he had a compassionate doctor like you. And so Connor does something interesting here. So he doesn't tell Ethan, first and foremost, which, like, why would you why would you communicate that to the other person you're working on the case with? Like, that's just too easy. Uh, doesn't tell Ethan. And then we get this scene. You're removing Melvad? You didn't consult me. The only person I needed to consult was the patient. I thought we were on the same page with this. What you're doing is assisted suicide. Patient understands the consequences. He made an informed decision. What about you? You're killing him. It is what the patient wants. It's ethical and it's legal. Can't let you do it. You're really gonna try and stop me, Dr. Troy? So this is kind of interesting because I don't think Connor takes Downey's advice the way Downey intended him to. No. No. Because, like, Connor takes this and kind of, like, turns God mode on. Yep. And that wasn't what Downey definitely intended, intended no. for sure. No, no. I, Downey, Downey was saying this as in, you know, fulfill the patient's wishes, do what you want. Connor took this as in, I'm the surgeon, I'm in charge. Yeah. He became, yeah, he becomes really robotic in his answers to Ethan. And he's like, this is my decision. This is what I'm doing. This is what the patient wants. It's like, and, but it's also technically Ethan's patient, too. Yeah. Which, like, bring the guy in on it. Don't just, like, go over his head and make the decision. Just let him know, hey, I spoke to Dr. Downey on this, and this is what he thinks. What's your opinion? Mm-hmm. It's just odd how Connor took that and kind of went into left field with it. I mean, you starting you are starting to see the slow evolution of God complex Connor. Yeah. Yep. Suppose so. So Zanetti has to add in her opinion too, you know, or after the surgery. She's just like, I I don't agree with it, but I see why you did it. Mm-hmm. And Connor, you know, Connor's just kind of like, he's 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 struggling with it, right? He like he knows what he did. Maybe that's why he went robotic with it is because, you know, he wasn't sure if it was the right thing. I, mean, I could see that too. Um I mean, I think it's probably a tiny bit of both. Yeah. And Ethan's not necessarily wrong. Is he being like is he exaggerating when he says it's assisted suicide? Maybe a little? Yeah, but I mean, then that gets into a whole different debate on, like, should we have a substitute? You know, like, that gets into a whole different yeah. realm of um, conversation. But I do think this kind of plays well also kind of to going on the Will stuff. It's like, Will ignored his patient's wishes. And in this case, and we've been dealing with the fallout of that, that Will did not do what the patient wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, granted, there was a legal component there, too. In this, there's no, like, legal binding document to like ignore but still like in this case connor did what ultimately what the patient wanted and the patient ended up you know 
facing the consequences of that. But that's what he wanted. Yeah. Yep. So Connor just doesn't really know what to do. So he just pulls up a chair and just, you know, sits with the patient. Yep. And so presumably hours go by because when he sits down, the sun is up. And then when Ethan comes to join him, the sun is down. So Ethan joins him and it's just in time for the patient to flatline and pass. Yep. So poetic moment. Mm -hmm. And very much Ethan being like, look, I don't agree with it, but like, this is what it is. Yeah. You could have had a good friendship there too, but yeah, no. No. And now we'll never know. And that we will definitely never know. Sucks. So, so how does Connor deal with this? Well, he deals by having, man, that was a rough day sex with Zanetti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Connor's day gets even worse because Zanetti's like, surprise, I'm taking a job offer at John Hopkins. But wait, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like they really, like, he wasn't in love with her or anything. Like, so, man, he lost his fuck buddy. And someone i guess you respected as a colleague but like i don't know maybe that was just like the one thing that like put him over the edge that day you know when you're having a bad day and just like one little stupid thing yeah that might have been it probably i don't know and then i don't think she's ever talked about again no she just disappears maybe next episode and we just can't you know but like that's it yeah yep yeah so then the episode ends and Ethan and Dr. Charles just kind of meet up at Molly's and they <laughs> meet up. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they meet there and they have a little chat and it's kind of poetic because they're just kind of like, you know, the Hippocratic Oath says do no harm, but then it also talks about art and science and like, where's the line? And, you know, yeah. Dr. Charles is like, I don't know. And it's like, well, and I think too, it's like on some of those days, like on one days you're on this side of the line and then you could have the very same situation, but like on a different day, be on the other side, you know, every situation is different. And like, you'd almost have a carbon copy of this situation and like could play out differently a hundred times. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Then we've got some April and Noah action. Just more like, I, I miss them. I miss them. I did not remember Noah being such like a fuck up in the oh beginning. My. He's such a brat. He's so, I'm like, dude, how did I ever like you? I know. Yeah. So basically, Noah starts off, he's being a little shithead. He's like flirting with the nurses. He's like basically doing everything but being a doctor. What is with the drinking baby formula? Is that what he was doing? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. He, so again, weird fucking around is yeah. what he's doing yep so april sees this and she's just kind of like i can't i can't do with it so later on maggie tells april that a kid wasn't given was given a med that he was allergic to and it turns out like nothing bad happened or you know nothing happened before it turned bad but basically it, it ended up being noah and so Maggie's like, do you want me to handle it? Do you want to handle it? And April's like, no, 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 I got this. Because at first she's trying to, she thinks she's going to like cover up for Noah. That's why she agrees to handle it. And so she goes and talks to Noah. And of course, Noah's first reaction is to be like, it was a mistake, but nobody died. Like, dude, that's not the point. And like, he's a student. I mean, granted, you shouldn't be making that kind of fuck up even as a student. But like, he is a student. But, like, that's not the sign. That's not how you apologize for what you just did. 
Between Will and Noah walking the halls of med, this hospital is so dangerous. And yeah, we're only in season one. <laughs> only in season one. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So basically after the whole Dr. Unger thing, April decides that she's not going to cover Noah's ass. She's going to write him up. And he even, he literally says to her, he's like, you're just mad because I'm the doctor and you're not. And it's like, dude bruh and then i wanted to respond to him given that we know from severide that april's basically the one that's like getting noah through meds got him through med school like financially i want to be like and you wouldn't be a doctor if it wasn't for your sister basically because he would be a doctor if she didn't pay for it and that's the reason she didn't become a doctor she became a nurse is because she needed a job faster so she could help pay for noah i want to know what happened in her family dynamics that like the burden of raising him partly fell onto her or is that just a function of being an older sister with a younger brother you're an older sister to a younger brother you tell me yeah, i mean i i think well i think it depends on the relationship right and i think it depends on what personality the older sister has right like i definitely am a more nurturing person i definitely have a more nurturing personality so i definitely like to you know, make sure my brother's okay. He doesn't need anything, whatever. Even if I'm just like passing through, I'm like, hey, do you need anything? Like while I'm up, do you like want me to grab me something or whatever? And, but my brother's also the same way. Like he very much likes to do that for me too. So I think it's just different. But like, I think that's interesting that you bring that up because it's not like presumably they had a bad home life because Kelly would go over there for like a safe haven. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Like, normally you would think that situation happens usually when there's a bad home life. But that's not the case. Unless they had a bad home life, but Severides was so bad that theirs was good in his eyes. I don't know. I feel like that's not the case, though. I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but doesn't Severides say something at some point that, like, your parents were always great to me or something? Like, something like that. Yeah. I feel like in one of his conversations with April in the beginning. Um, I don't know. Just, just curious about that yeah for sure and like what given what noah did with his md that he took it more into like the business entrepreneurial side is part of april always going to be a little bitter about that that like she busted her ass for him to go through med school and everything only for him to do that with the degree and not be like a traditional in the hospital doctor well and yeah i mean but you also i mean he fucked up first that was the reason he ended up going that route he couldn't be a doctor because he fucked up and ethan basically was like here are your options like yeah you can leave or it could get really bad how did ethan have the authority to fire noah but goodwin let will stick around the hospital for eight fucking years i listen i don't make the rules I love the man. I really do. But like, man, rewatching these early episodes, I'm like, wow. Uh, yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But yeah, that's med. Yeah. It's a good one. It is. I mean, Will is an asshole and like annoying and I want to punch him, but it, I mean, it's a good episode for sure. Right. It is a good episode. Yep. May Med continue to be the safe show as we go into season nine. Please. 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 Well, and uh, hopefully our other shows will become 
return back to normal. Please. They won't. They won't. Yeah. I have more hope for fire than I do PD. <laughs> um, did you see Luke Mitchell liked the comment that we left on his Instagram when he got cast and we were just like, welcome to the family. He liked it. I did not see that. So hi, Luke. We don't bite. Yeah. We just want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid. Uh, yeah. So that is men. Mm-hmm. So then we move into fire. This is a good one. This is a good one. This is, this is, yeah. We get our first little bit of like angst. Mm-hmm. A lot of angst. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this is the one. Now, remember, last week we had the cliffhanger where the tow truck hit the ambo. And yes. so we pick up right where we left off. So, you know, the, the ambo is just like on its side. There's like gauze and everything flying everywhere. Dawson's in the ambo. She's like, the fuck just happened so gabby's okay but like shay is not good Mm -hmm. there's a lot of blood there's a lot of blood so 51 of course shows up Bowden's there uh when they 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 bring shay in and gabby is like of course she's you know frenzied right of course this just happened and so what i do love about that scene especially when they come in when Bowden just kind of grabs her and says like and he calls her gabriella like it, it grounds her. Mm-hmm. It's just such a little detail that I love. Cause like the minute he just is like, the minute he says her full name, she knows it's okay to just like break down. Yeah. 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 I noticed that too. It's like, as soon as she steps into his embrace, it's like, I'm safe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's him saying her full name that like gives her that, that. Okay. I love that. Mm-hmm. Just a little touch. Uh, but yeah, and so, and of course, right behind Gabby, Severide comes in, and yep. this is probably the first time we see, like, a truly vulnerable Severide. Mm-hmm. Because, yep. like, he's emotional, he's got tears in his eyes, and he's asking Bowden, he's like, how bad is it? What's going on? Why and, isn't anyone letting me back there? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the, like, Bowden's different approaches to both of them, it's so interesting, which, like, you know, this is just like anything else in sports where, like, you know, different people are going to respond to different things. But he's so gentle with Gabby. But with Kelly, since he's so, like, you know, I need to know what's going on, he's the one who's like, they don't know anything yet. You can't do anything. Like, stay right, right here. I mean, Bowden's a leader for a reason. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So... 51 is there, you know, of course they're ready. So the the preliminary report is that she's got a mild brain injury. Mm-hmm. So not great, but, you know, we'll see how it progresses. So Gabby returns to the house, gives an update on Shay. Um, you know, she's still in ICU, but she's showing promise, which is great. So Mills is going to fill in on Ambo while Shay is out of commission, which like what could possibly go wrong? I will say though that Gabby has a look when that happens. It's like, oh fuck, like I don't want him on there. And I'm like, is it because I like I don't really I mean is it because she kind of has like a very tiny, tiny, low-key crush? Like, is that why? I think so. I don't think she trusts herself to know like which one she wants between Mills and Casey. She doesn't know yet. Well, I guess right now she can't have Casey and she knows that. Yeah. Like Casey's like, no, 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 no. Like we're not doing this right now. So the temptation's going to be too strong if Mills is right there. Yeah. I did yeah. think, I did notice that though. I've never noticed that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like the disgust in her voice when she's like, how long? Yeah. Like, 
Try and be a little more Girl. subtle, Gabby. Yeah. Goodness. So Se- Severide runs out after Gabby just for more information on Shay. And, and Gabby's pissed at him this whole episode. She's just like, I know yep. what you did. I don't care that Shay had this accident. Like, you're being a shithead. And that doesn't change anything. And so he's like, well, I think you know, given what happened, she should come home to like get better and I'll take care of her. And Gabby's like, that's her call. But also like, why are we having this conversation now? And also like, she was literally just about to stay with me before this whole thing. So like, what makes you think that like, you should be there for her? Right. The accident doesn't erase the fact that you two were fighting. Yeah. Also, you're still taking painkillers. That doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, uh, Seb goes to his locker after that super awkward exchange and pops more pills. hmm Yeah. So Gabby goes to visit Shay in the hospital and, you know, it's a good scene. She's just like, you really scared me. Like, don't do it again. Uh, and Shay's just cracking jokes, just like she always is. She's just, you know, doing her thing. And so Dawson's like, and, and even like Shay sees Dawson and obviously they haven't seen each other since the accident happened. And she's immediately just like, so you were telling me about Casey. Like, <laughs> Yeah. resume <laughs> uh and severide shows up and it's awkward right because like again they were just fighting so like shay is like civil towards him but gabby's just like what the fuck are you doing here yeah also well, just he, like, obviously, like he i mean i don't think he's like erased the fight completely but he and you know and he's very concerned about her which is nice but like yeah it's like okay severide like yeah we're just gonna we're gonna ignore the elephant in the room okay yeah that's what he's trying to do yeah yep not great and so he's like yeah it'll be great to get you home and shay's just like yeah the way we left it is best i'm still mad at you like i didn't forget that so uh sev's just like cool this has been sufficiently awkward and they go out in the hallway and Dawson calls him out for being high. I was like, yes, girl. Yes. yes Someone yes. finally needed to. I mean, and- Shane's tried, but like she didn't do it in the way that like given the Shay Severide friendship, like I don't know if it ever would have come across in the way that it does with Dawson. But like Dawson just needed to be like, are you fucking high? Like, yeah. I- yeah. So Dawson Severide relationship, I feel like was so underrated because those two understood each other on a different level. One, especially like in these early days where I feel like it got to the point where like Casey was the middleman. Like it was very much like Casey had a relationship with Severide and Casey was obviously married to Dawson. And then so like Dawson and Severide had friendship because of Casey. But like it wasn't always like that in the beginning. No, it wasn't. But like Dawson and Severide, their their relationship was its own thing. Like it obviously never romantic, like, anything like that. But they right, just but understood each other. No, but I'm saying other. is like I feel like by the time Dawson left, like it got to the end of season six. I mean, granted, you had like the Bria stuff for like a hot second, but like other than that, anytime they even interacted, it was like all because of Casey. Like Casey was also there. Yeah, it got to the point where it did get diminished from what it used to be and so like watching this episode back it was like oh no they did have a nice friendship before it kind of got diminished in the later seasons right yeah yeah and my memory of the later seasons is like i mean i don't i don't necessarily remember it getting diminished i remember the bria stuff happening just because severide was like i'll go with you 
Right. But I felt like for a long time before that, and Miranda, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched those episodes. I just feel like I got the vibe that like we saw less of Gabby and Severide's friendship. Yeah, yeah, we did. We definitely like diminished in that way. Mm -hmm. Not diminished as in like the quality, but like I can't really even remember Gabby and Severide's stuff in season five. I mean, like Rio was season six, like when Gabby almost, you know, right when Gabby left. But like, I don't really remember a bunch of Gabby Severide stuff in the beginning or in the end. I'm sorry, in the end. Yeah, fair. Fair. So, so, uh, yeah, and I mean, Severide, he snaps at her. He's pissed. But I mean, Gabby knows that she can get away with it and she can call him out. Well, and I mean, I don't think Gabby expected a different reaction. Like, I feel like most addicts, like, I mean, they deny it in the beginning, right? Yeah. But, like, they're not addicts. Yeah. So, like, I don't think she expected anything different. hmm Yep. So, Casey later finds Dawson in the locker room, and he apologizes for the Christmas party. This this conversation goes so much better than the Will and Natalie version of this conversation does. Yep. Like, so much better. Um, And he's just is like, look, I'm dealing with some stuff. I need to figure it out. And that's that. But Gabby's like, okay, well, Godspeed. Like, I hope you figure yeah. your shit out. I mean, out. it's basically, it's a little awkward, but, like, at least Casey apologized. Like, Casey definitely handled it the best i mean yeah yeah and and like if you compare it to will casey's not an immature child about it well yeah yeah uh but yeah they just kind of are like okay go figure out your shit that's fine and like it's interesting that casey doesn't feel comfortable bringing gabby in on the mom thing yet which like i get that how could he be comfortable bringing anybody in on that well but not even that i mean i think if they had ever been like strictly platonically like just friends then probably he would have. Hmm. But like, they're already in an awkward spot because Casey basically just turned her down and was like, I'm not saying no, but like, not right now. And so like, what's he going to go be like, oh yeah, we can't have a romantic relationship, but let me just spill all my friendship stuff onto you and like put you in a more awkward spot. Well, like, could you imagine going on a blind date and the guy being like, so my mom's in jail for killing my dad. It's differently though. That's different how so because that's a, literally a stranger yeah okay they're not strangers here that's fair. yeah i mean they're not in a romantic relationship but they've known each other years at this point yeah but what i'm saying is, is like because casey just basically turned her down very gently but he turned her down like i can't imagine that he would have gone to her about this period if they if they hadn't just had that stuff happen then maybe but like not where they're at right now i can see that so yeah so then we cut to sev and renee and they are having sexy time on the couch which like again all of these places that these characters are having sex that are not a bed i'm like your back's not hurt it's different though like your back's hurt Hmm. it's so cool let's put it this way it's the closest thing to a bed that you can have sex on that the, especially once your characters one chicago characters have had sex on let's put it that way yeah no the, okay that's that's fair that's fair and what i want to say about the janet kramer christmas movie i have to save for the episode with emily so uh, yeah we will talk all about that sex we'll scene. talk all about that in a couple days that yeah. sex scene air quotes air quotes sex. on a hay bale but again we'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there but um yeah and it's also 
not the first time when Chicago characters have had sex on a couch. Well, the first time, maybe, arguably, but it's I, not the I, only time characters I, have had sex on a couch. So. I mean, I, I guess the couch is, like, it's acceptable, I suppose, but also, like, Tony's face, like, Vegina in the Linstead, the fucking couch. Oh, the fucking couch. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Mysteries. Oh, the couch. R.I.P. the couch. R.I.P. the couch, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So, Renee's like, I'm going to Madrid. Like, I'm leaving. But maybe you can come visit me. Which, like... He looks... I, it is interesting. Like, they kind of fell fast. Because, like, she looks really upset about it. And, like, he really does look upset about it. And I'm like, dude, it's been, like, two weeks. Calm down. Well, I think this is similar to Connor and Zanetti, where he's he's bummed he misses he's losing his fuck buddy. But see, I don't feel like Severide thinks like I feel like Severide actually thought for a hot second that like this could be more than just a fuck buddy. And I feel yeah, like maybe. she kind of feels that too. Maybe. Because they do look kind of sad about, like really sad about it. I but he actually that. looks like hurt for two seconds. I did not get that vibe. Yeah, no, I got that vibe. Huh. I mean, Gina, later on, he, like, literally considers moving for her. Well, yeah, that's because she dupes him into thinking that she's having his baby. I know, but still. A man's a mystery. Do you think, though, given the timeline, right, because she comes back at the end of season one, and this this is, like, episode 11, do you think when she just got back from Madrid that that is actually when she had the baby or like had got pregnant and had the affair. Wait, wait, say that again. Because she comes back at the end of season one pregnant, right? Yeah. And she's like, Oh, Kelly, it's yours. Right. So theoretically, if they, if Kelly had been the one to get her pregnant, it would have had to be before she left and like move there. Right? So was was that sexy time on the couch? Was that when he, she's trying right, to make? But him I'm, think no, what I'm saying is, is she just got back from Madrid, right before mm-hmm. this sexy time. So is that trip when she got pregnant? Oh, and she could obviously pull it off because she was having sex with Severide, like when she came back. So oh, the timelines could have matched up. That's a that is a one Chicago mystery we will never know the answer to. That's right, like a, but it, it makes sense. It does make sense, but that's because like- how else if she was only started having sex in Madrid? I guess it could have been like once she moved there, but like it hadn't been like relatively close to the last time she had sex with Severide. So yeah, the only way to make it plausible that's like a one Chicago mystery like deep cut right there. I'm just saying it. I don't know why that crossed my mind this time, but I was like, oh, oh, maybe yeah, it was. maybe because either it has to be that trip or like basically as soon as she moved to Madrid for the timeline to work out. And her to play it off as Severides. Yeah, now when she, when she, when he, when he catches her in the lie, though, he's like, I did the math and that doesn't add up. Right. And I don't remember, I don't remember, like, that whole scene. But, like, I'm just saying, it has to be, like, relatively close by. But. I don't know. I never trusted that woman. Nope. Not even when she came back the second time. The third es- time, I guess, technically, if you want to get technical. Oh, especially when she came back the third time. Girl, what are you doing snooping around trying to see what that man is up to all these years later? Move on. I kind of want to low-key go watch just that scene again and be like, mm, no. 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 Ooh. So, 
Yeah, but also the way she's like, ever, so easily, she's like, you should come visit. Okay, Kelly Severide strikes me as a man who has never left the country. Yeah. I, it, he definitely strikes that at me as that man. I don't think that man has ever left the United States. If worse, he may have gone to Canada. Like. Maybe. For like fishing or something. Yeah. Or like to see Niagara Falls. Like something like that. Like he's gone to Canada. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah. That's a man who would not go to Spain. Would not. He was considering it. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. So all of this put together, Severide finally pulls Gabby aside and he just straight up is like, I need help. And she just says, she's like, you got it. Yep. You got it. So meanwhile, Gabby, after their 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 wonderful shift together, Gabby invites Mills over for dinner, which like, it's never just dinner. So like, what did Gabby <laughs> think was going to happen here? It's I know. It's never just know. dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like they're, they're of course doing their bonding over food and everything and all of that. And yeah, it's just, it's never just dinner. Like what did she think was going Mm -hmm. to like, that's why she was like, I made this for Shay, but she's back at Severide's place. And like, you're the one who would appreciate the work that went into this. Like, girl, you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew, you knew. Yeah. So you know, they're eating dinner, whatever. They're great. And somehow the conversation moves to the floor, which like, again, did you Girl. think, yeah. Did you think it was going to stay at the dining room table the whole time? Cause it was not like one, if it, once it did, then you're done. You're done. Yeah. You're totally done. When, when there's red wine on the table and you're sitting on the floor, things are about to happen. Right. Things are about to happen. Yeah. So she's talking to him about medical school and everything. And they basically like she was talking about how she has these moments where she forgets all the bones in the body this scene is so awkward it okay how much game does peter mills have and mm, where does moment? he rank in terms of like characters who have game Ooh. okay hang on okay so like casey has no game except for in that one moment last week Sev game peter ranks in the middle slightly above casey i think his stock goes down a lot because of this scene with gabby like i feel like his game is like okay i feel like he's trying too hard like not that it's not cute but it it comes off a little more as like trying hard because like he's very clearly into gabby and gabby's like well i like mills but i also like casey and she's very conflicted but like he's trying like he's like oh no i'm gonna turn like this is my moment like i'm gonna make it my moment i think in order to give a more complete answer we need to rewatch season two when he meets mina suvari's character yes i was just thinking about that moment but i think in that moment he had more game it didn't come off as try hardy in that one. I think the problem with this one is like it's try hardy. It's very try hardy. And then I'm thinking back to when he leaves and he just lays the kiss on Gabby and is like, come find me if you want to. That I thought was pretty gamey. And I don't think he takes away like this kiss is still cute, but like I don't know. It just and I don't have a like I'm not like, oh no, like Milt has no game. I think this is cute, but, like, he saw his opportunity, and he's, like, she's, like, oh, like, I can't remember the bones of my body, and he's, like, oh, this is my moment. Like, Let me turn- give you a refresher. <laughs> yeah. I think if we're ranking game on, like, 
commitment, then Mills is number one. Commitment to the bit? Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Mills is number one. I think we're turning, I mean, like, we're going off, like, execution, then Mills is, like, in the middle. Execution's not good. No. That's why I, I think execution-wise, he's down on Casey's level. Right. But then it averages out, so then he gets into the middle. <laughs> Do we need to start doing this like gymnastics scores? Like in gymnastics, they score you by difficulty and execution. <laughs> like that's how we need to gauge the game. <laughs> or it's like games with stars. It's like you get a yeah, you get a 10 in commitment, you get a five in the execution. So it averages out somewhere in the middle. There's a multiple component score. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, the 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 approach to this whole scene is really cringe. Like just really, really cringe. And then like like they go from like naming the bones of the arm and then like Mills just like puts his hand on her like collarbone. It's so bad. But the kiss is cute. Yeah, the kiss is cute. And then of course, it's like, of course, she's like, they're in the middle of kissing, and then Casey calls and it's like, of course. I mean, you missed your moment. You missed the window, Casey. Well, like Gabby was like, oh, well, he didn't want me, so. that's why gabby was so disgusted because she knew it was going to lead to this she knew it was going to lead to dinner air quotes well she let it happen but i think if she didn't want it to happen she wouldn't have let it happen she would have like stayed for casey she did that all along while he was with Allie. right right and and both of both both mills and dawson saw this opportunity and took it and hey good for them that's what I'm saying is like, and then she said the comment about the body. So he was like, I'm going in. Yeah. This is my chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who me? I know the bones of the body. Pick me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we go back to Sev's place and Shay is sitting on the couch and everything. And this is a sign of the times because Shay is holding a DVD. <laughs> uh, 2012. I know. 13 at this point. But yeah, I, I haven't seen a DVD in years. 2013 man i know i know uh so she's holding the dvd and it's like a deadliest catch so apparently shay that's that's shay's reality show of choice again a sign of the times sign of the times yeah i would never strike her as like the selling sunset type though so i could see deadliest catch and like the the the, deadliest catch doesn't exist anymore not anymore no but that's what i'm saying is like that was and i feel like that was big at that time yeah so, like, no, I definitely don't. I mean, Shay is not a selling sunset, like, Vanderpump. Real Housewives early. kind of, yeah. Yeah, but I, Deadly's Catch is a sign of the times. Like, what would be the equivalent today? I mean, I don't know. Like, Alaskan Bush people, probably. Like, that, yeah, that whole brand like that. of, yeah, the wild kind of things. Yeah, yeah, I don't think she's an HGTV kind of girl either. No, no, no. No. But no. more likely HGTV than, like, the selling sunset people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, like, you know, Sev is super happy to have her back. And, you know, she just says, she's like, I'm going to be with you every step of the way on this. And he says, he's like, I'm going to meet with the surgeon next week. I'm going cold turkey on the painkillers, which is a separate thing to do. Yeah. Um, And then finally, they just have this moment where he's just like, I really don't know what what I would have done if anything had happened to you, which like, oh, foreshadowing. I know. I know. Well, then I started thinking about the scene in you know a couple seasons in season three when he like pulls out the home videos and like start like i just like picture that and i'm like i can't i know poor guy yeah oh makes me so sad and also like uh, we've we've talked about it before like like shay and stella together would have been such a force 
Like would have been, yeah. They would have ganged up on Kelly so badly and it would have been just art. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep. But yeah, that is that. Then we've got Cruz. Cruz is having some issues. Uh yeah. 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 So everyone's in the at the firehouse and Otis reads in the paper that the body found in the last fire has finally been identified and everyone knows at this point that it was Flacco. Um and Casey mentioned something or to Cruz that like Leon can breathe easy and so can Cruz, but like and Cruz is just like, haha, yeah, like, yeah. And but like Casey knows, like he has that look on his face, like he can see that something is like visibly wrong with Cruz. Mm-hmm. So then Leon shows up with the paper and Cruz is not happy that he showed up about it, showed up with it and wants to talk about it. Yo. What are you doing waving that thing around in here? Yo, did you read this? Yes. I thought you would have been doing cartwheels. Yo, when nobody saw him come out that blaze, there was crazy stories flying everywhere, like he was hiding out somewhere. But this confirms it, bro. Flacco's dead. I know, Leon. You did this for me. That's why you've been acting all shook lately, huh? dl leon what are you doing yeah but also like once like leon finally you know can like thank cruz like that whole moment where he's like we're gonna take it to the grave like he says he's like may i'm gonna butcher the spanish but basically he says like you saved my life like that moment i was like the brothers yeah no for sure but they're not gonna be the only ones taking to the grave if you keep like yelling it to the raptors leon yep 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 so cruz is still like he just he can't He's not himself. And he's so in his head about everything. Like, he literally finds himself driving one day after shift all the way to Gary, Indiana. Because he's just so preoccupied with everything going on that he just drives. And all of a sudden, he's on some farm in Indiana. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, where am I? Bar is Gary from Chicago. That's a Google I did not I do. feel like Gary is right, if I remember correctly. I feel like Gary is on the border of, like, uh, Illinois and Indiana. He's a ghoul. Because I feel like they talk about, like, in PD sometimes, I feel like they talk about, yeah, it's not that far. I want to say maybe, like, an hour. Oh, that's it? Okay, okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm looking on a map, though. Like, Chicago is very close to Gary, or closer to Gary. Let's see. Gary, Indiana to Chicago. 40 minutes. It's 30 miles. Oh, okay. So he's no, it's like, like not that. I mean, it's not like he drove like six hours, but still, I mean, he was not trying to go to Gary, Indiana. No, he just like missed his exit because he was so in his head. Right. And then just kept driving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Cruz decides that the person he's gonna go talk to about this is Casey. 
And he tries to come clean about what he did, and this is how it goes. Lieutenant, I have to talk to you about something. Okay. My brother Leon. He might be a screw up, but he's got a really good heart, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and these, these scumbags, the insane kings, you know, he's nothing like them. But, but they got their hooks in them, and they weren't going to let them go. And I, when I was in that building, I'm checking floors, and, and there he was, your flaco. He was, let me I, stop you right there. If you're about to say what I think you are, then you and me can walk right out this door, down to the police station. Second option is you sleep on this one more time. Think about why you did it or didn't do it. Because at this point, I have no idea because you told me nothing. Sure as hell sounds like your brother got a new lease on life. Next shift, come to me. Either we go to the cops, or you shake my hand and say good morning, and we go about our business. Understand? I understand. I'm curious, what did you think about Casey's reaction to this? Um, I think Cruz is very lucky that Casey is going through what he's going through at this moment in time. I also, I agree. I also feel like season nine, Casey doesn't, like, maybe isn't as harsh. No, I think season nine, Casey reacts the same way. He's just, he doesn't word it the same, though. Yeah. I just, I was, like, kind of surprised once I was re-watching it. And I kind of, I mean, I remember this, but, like, once I rewatched it, I was like, that was a little harsh. Oh, it was totally harsh. It was like, totally harsh. I was like, okay. Well, I don't, it's it's definitely not what Cruz was looking for, right? Cruz was looking for some sort of, like, understanding of just, like, oh, my God, you know, that's crazy, but it's okay. Yeah. And instead, he got that. But would anyone have given him that, though? In the firehouse? I mean, like, the only person they... I can kind of think of is maybe Otis, but even then, I don't think at this point they had that kind of friendship. No, no. They all would have covered for him, but they... No, I think other people would... I think Severide would have been this harsh. Uh, yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. They were not at best man level yet. No, no. Who would have been, like, more friendly? Like, Mal Herman, Otis would have but been more friendly like about it. I don't feel like any of them at this... I mean, granted, I guess they've been at the same firehouse now for a couple years. I don't know. I just feel like they would have covered for him. Yeah, sure. But, like... I don't know. I just, I just thought it was interesting. No, it's totally interesting. But I, you know, even though Casey's being really rough with him, it's good that he's in that headspace. It benefits Joe. Yes, for sure. For yeah. sure. And I do think Casey handled it right. Like you haven't told me anything yet. I don't technically know anything, even though I know what you're about to say. Like, so illegally I cannot, you know, Yeah. I don't know anything yet, yeah. but um, yeah, I just, the tone really bothered me. Because it doesn't feel like Casey. It, no, it, it really it really doesn't. But I also think Joe needed to hear it that way, too. Yeah. 
it was kind of a like pull yourself together kind of tone yes for sure for sure yeah um it also just every time i think about it i'm like yeah well because like we don't ever talk about this when we talk about like characters who've murdered and like granted joe didn't like commit mur- like he didn't he didn't like actively like shoot flacco or anything like that but like this is also pretty bad when you think about it. Oh, it's so bad. When you, like, rank it in terms of, like, one Chicago characters killing other people, like. Because <laughs> we have so much to choose from. Unfortunately. Well, okay, wait. Or wait. attempted murder. I should say accused of murder. Accused of murder, yeah, because that's, I mean. Because really the only other characters who killed anyone is over on PD we say so normally and nonchalantly like it's totally not a big deal yeah yeah but we just Cruz just kind of like slides under the rug it's like oh yeah and then you think about it it's like oh yeah Cruz did do that well again I mean I said this last week I'm glad that they did this in season one where you know Cruz didn't have a track record yet of you know we didn't know exactly who he was this would have really hurt if it was like season nine. This would have like been they... such a what the fuck kind of thing in season nine. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't know if it would have been a, as much of a what the fuck as more. Because like, I still think that like the reason Cruz did it is to help his brother. And I still feel like he would have done that in season nine, right? Like the reason he did it, I still feel like holds true to the Cruz today, right? Like he still would have done it if Leon had found himself in that exact same situation, but like nine seasons later. Mm-hmm. I just feel like we would have been more from a plot line of like, okay. He wouldn't, season nine, Cruz gets Voight involved. He does not leave him in a fire to die. Or I think he thinks about it and then makes the choice to do something about, you know, like saves Flacco and then uses that to his advantage. Something like that. He does not, he doesn't leave Flacco to die in season nine. Yeah. Yeah. Cruz anyway. killed the guy. Mm, yep. So crazy. Mm-hmm. And they never even resolve it. We don't even get a scene of Cruz walking in and being like, good morning. Yeah. So a question for you, because you're the lawyer. Is that, like, if it had come out that Cruz had done that, right? Like, that Cruz had kind of left Flacco to die. Mm-hmm. Is that manslaughter in any way? Or is it because, he, like, I, I guess I always think about manslaughter is, like, when you get in a car accident and someone dies and, like, obviously you didn't mean to kill them, but, like, they, you know, accident, they died. So, like, in this situation, would it be anything? I mean, I assume if, like, if it had come out that Cruz had, like, left him to die. Uh, you know, if he had left him to die, I feel like you could argue murder. You could argue really? it because murder specific intent. So if you Oh, and he left him to die. Yeah. If you if if you intended to injure him, then that's just like negligence, big time. If you intended to kill him, even if it's for a second, murder. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And it it's so- a, it also depends on like who's the DA? What power trip are they on? You know, all that kind of stuff. I guess but- I always think about murder as like I guess you have more like I I know it's the intent part and that's what differs it from manslaughter but like I guess when I think of murder I think more of like there's an active role and like you put your hands on someone you shot a gun you like 
I guess because that's how it's usually depicted in um like t- television and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So like I guess I don't think of like leaving someone to die as like strict murder, but I guess that makes sense that like right? like if you chose to leave them to die, then there's intent there. Yeah, well, I think given the circumstances and given the history that, you know, Flacco and Leon are tangled up in, right. and of course, Cruz is the brother and all that, I think what would probably happen is they charge him with manslaughter as like a crime of passion. Gotcha. Um, like if, if they tried to charge him with a murder, they'd probably plea it down. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Moral of the story, don't leave people in fires. It. Yep. Yep. <laughs> One of the many rules of Chicago Fire. Yep. Intentionally. Intentionally. Yeah, intentionally. Don't do that. Bad. Uh, got Casey. <laughs> Elsewhere, on that note, we go from one murder to the other. Oh my god. <laughs> and we're only 11, 11 episodes into this show at this point. Yep, into this world. Yeah, if you're keeping count, the Chicago Fire murder count is at two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we're averaging roughly like one murder every six episodes. Yeah, roughly. This is going great. <laughs> this is going great. Okay, so as we saw at the end of the last episode, Casey has gone to visit his mom in prison. So we get the rest of that conversation now, and this is where we get basically what we get. We hear what happened. Here you go. You look good. You really do. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. How's Sally? We broke up. Oh. But you were together for, what, four years? Eight. Well, I never liked her. Do you, uh, do you talk to your sister? Not really. Well, the reason I'm asking is uh, my hearing's coming up. I know. And I thought maybe this time I've been thinking about this a lot, Matthew. You could talk to her. It's still hard for her. It's hard for her. Look, I need to turn the page on this too, you know? When am I going to be allowed to do that stuck in here? Maybe you should have thought of that before you killed Dad. I do think it's interesting that, like, Casey defends his mom to his sister, but defends his sister to his mom. Well, he wants everybody to be happy again, right? He's trying to, he's, as the youngest, he's probably the one trying to keep everybody together. I mean, I don't think there's any keeping them together at this point, right? Like, I think, I do agree that I think he is trying to play maybe a little more peacekeeper. Yeah. But I do, like I said, I just think it's interesting that, like, his mom is right, or he's out, he defends his mom to his sister, but then, like, he really also agrees with his sister when it comes to how he handles his mom. Yeah, I think, well, defending his mom to his sister is definitely because he was there when it happened. Right. But, yeah, no, defending his sister to his mom, I think, is peacekeeping. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He probably feels alone. You know, when I think Casey, I think honestly, I think Casey feels divided. I think he does probably partly agree with Christy, and I think he partly agrees with his mom and like the way his mom handled it. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think he just unfortunately kind of got caught in the middle of everything. And yeah, yeah, 
he's just trying he i think that that's just him trying to keep the peace and trying to salvage like and whatever semblance of family they have left yeah so i don't know so then casey goes to see his sister and it's interesting how like she asks him his mom asks him to do that and he just doesn't hesitate he's not like you know don't put me in that position or like hesitant about it he just does it yeah he just up and does it and thanks for having me i wanted to talk to you about something let me guess just wondering if maybe you'd be willing to dial it back this time this coming from you or her from me she'd be on parole there'd still be restrictions in place she could have asked for help she could have moved far away from him but she didn't she killed him yes i realize that christy i was there you're in a, a campus dorm on the other side of the country i heard all the things he said saw him belittle her break her she paid the price listen 15 years ago i'm not having this conversation now I am. Nothing excuses what she did. I'm not asking you to forget. What I think Casey's point here is valid that like, well, if you, if you agree with how what Casey feels, but like 15 years ago, Casey agrees with Christy that like his mom deserved to go to jail. I mean, that is what it is. His mom killed his dad. But, yeah. you know, she paid her price. I mean, 15 years is 15 years. You know, I mean, that she paid her price. And, you know, I think you could argue. I mean, you know, some people will probably argue like Chrissy that she deserves to stay. But, you know, 15 years. She did 15 years, which is a long time. Given their, given their perspectives on this being so different, both of them have valid points. Yeah, for sure. And there's no... There's no right or wrong. And I mean, given the history of like what happened with his mom and his dad, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard situation. It's not like she randomly decided to kill him for no reason whatsoever. I mean, like she was defending Matt and defending herself, but that still doesn't give you a right to kill someone. I mean, it's a tricky situation. Yeah, very much so. And and the trauma that Christy deals with from it might be completely different from the trauma that Matt deals with. Yeah, for sure. Well, because he talks about, too, and I can't remember if it's this scene or the next scene. I think it's this scene, though, if I remember correctly, that, like, she wasn't there. Like, she was off at college across the country. Exactly. So, like, yeah, her trauma is more of, like, holy shit, mom killed dad. And Casey was there to see, well, no, it wasn't all, like, dad was not great to mom. And, like, yeah, they were separated, but, like, that was not great either. Yeah. But Christy wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think it's valid that Christy won't budge. Like No, because I mean if I was Christy, I probably would be sadly, you know, feeling her same way. Yeah. Oh, big time. And there's there's a lot of emotions pent up in there that like she would have to break down too. Yeah. You know. To do that. And it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So Casey goes back over to Christy's. I guess Christy invited him over for dinner. Yeah. Because and- they're trying to have like a relationship again yeah yeah and so he just tells her he's like look i'm gonna speak at mom's hearing and christy's like i'm gonna speak too but christy's gonna speak against mom being released and casey's gonna speak for it and so you know 
they just like Matt even says Matt's like I really hope you can respect my opinion and so she's like okay and she goes inside gets Milo's picture and shuts the door in his face she's like this is what I would have given you after dinner this is going great this is going great yeah I'm trying to see when is Kate when she comes back like in the next episode like is it the next yeah okay she's one 12 and 13 is when Christy's still there yeah and then 16 oh so yeah that is a little harsh like I mean I get her feelings on it but like it's a little harsh yeah yep I hope mama Casey's doing well yeah she's out living her free life in Florida yep yep or wherever she is now yeah you think Matt still talks to her Mm, I don't know probably not oh that's tough because I feel like when she left, I mean, granted, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I feel like when she was out and she was around, like, he was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm glad you're out, but, like, this is not what I want. And, like, they just weren't having their relationship at that time. And if I remember correctly, when Christy comes back in season nine, don't they, like, really not talk? Like, doesn't he, like, make a comment about, like, that he hasn't really heard from mom or something like that? Uh, I don't, I don't remember, actually. I remember she comes back because she's going through the divorce, but that's about it. No, in season nine, when she comes back and she's dealing with the watch situation, that ends up leading to Bretzy, remember? Oh, God, yeah. The watch situation? The watch situation. Yeah, because they had some uncle die, and Casey says something about, like, I feel like she says, like, have you heard from mom? And Casey's like, no, not really. Or, like, something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember specifically, though. But, yeah, because season three is when she comes back for the divorce. That was only season three? Uh-huh. It was later. Because they deal with the whole thing about, like, Violet's school and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. No, that's season three. And then nine is the watch and the uncle stuff. Hmm. Wow. Time flies, man. Time. And <laughs> this show's been on for 11 going on 12 years. Yeah. For sure. Big time. But yeah, that's that's the Casey stuff, which, like, damn, that is some trauma. Mm-hmm. Yep yep and then last up we got herman yep so there's just a tiny bit of herman stuff so basically herman has the chance to get an investor for his limo business that remember he started last week when he bought the limo uh which of course like if the limo business goes well and like getting the investor like that would help get him the money to put down payment on the house with cindy so that they can move out of his in-laws um and so the investor shows up to meet Herman and tells him that he'll invest after he does a ride-along. He wants to see how Herman would treat clients, all that stuff. Great. Makes sense, right? I, yeah, makes sense. Turns out the investor just really wants to use Herman in the limo for sex, like cheating on his wife and scandals. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you all the money. Just like keep it confidential, right? Like This is so yeah. something Herman would get himself into. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. And so, of course herman in what i feel like is not necessarily maybe the most herman way i feel like herman sometimes would have taken the money and just like run but like herman actually has he's like i don't know like i kind of feel guilty about taking the money like it doesn't feel right and so he talks to cindy about it and cindy's like look like if your gut is telling you like don't do it then like don't do it like we can rent first like we can still move out like we can afford to move out and like rent like yeah we can't afford to like buy a home but like we'll be fine Herman and Cindy being goals. Always. From the very beginning. Always goals. From the very beginning. 
Can you imagine Herman? Herman could not, in good faith, like every night, drive that guy around for him to have sex in his limo. Like, oh no, no, he no, couldn't. no, no, no. There's no way. No way. No, that part's not Herman. No, no, no. So yeah, that is fire. All right. Oh boy. Oh boy, it's PD time. Let's stretch it. Oh man. Oh, I'm that age now where stretching it makes things pop. <laughs> that felt good though. <laughs> All right. PD. PD. Okay. I remember this case like so clearly. I didn't remember that it was like episode 11, but like I remember this case so clearly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the episode kicks off with Jay making out with Allie. Yep. Although you don't know at that second that it's Allie, but yes, it turns out to be. At first you're like, who's this girl? Then it's like, oh yeah, it's Allie. It's Allie. It's Allie. Yeah. Jay's ex-girlfriend, Ben's sister, right? Ben? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Ben's sister. Um, That's happening. And Jay's really sad, like solo bachelor apartment with like the motorcycle picture above the bed. I will never forget that. That super- The bachelor apartment is like, Yeah. It's so tiny and like the the so iconic though. The motorcycle art is the only thing I remember. That's like the one thing that sticks out in that apartment. I just remember his tiny ass kitchen from where (laughs) all the conversations like he and Aaron had in there, like when they have their like season two fling. And I just yeah, so tiny. Yeah. Oh man. So meanwhile, Aaron is at the corner store. She's like getting a drink or whatever, and she runs into Nadia, who is trying to talk to her. But Aaron's not having it. Aaron's kind of a bitch to her. I mean, Nadia also like kind of burned her too, like two or three times at this point. Uh, well, okay, yeah, multiple times. That's true. I don't think she's. I don't think she's like being a bitch. I think she's just like trying not to get attached because like she's done this now. Like this is like the second or third time, and it hasn't ever stuck yet. So like, and she she knows how it works with addicts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Nadia's been clean for thirty days, and. Yeah. Aaron's just like, cool story, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, at the 21st, Platt asks Ruzik to help her with something on Friday. And she won't tell him what it is. Yeah, he's so, so confused. Oh my, I've been, yeah. And so she's like, I need you on Friday night. Meet me here at this time and wear something nice. And he's like, um, sure. okay. All right, cool. So then we get into the case. And this case is pretty crazy. So... There is like a massacre at this bank. There's like a bunch of dead guards and the robbers made off with like 8 million in cash. And it is so obvious from this very first scene that this was an inside job that like the two oh, people yeah. they talk to are so full of shit. It's so obvious. It's like, you don't necessarily know which one, but like, it's obvious. Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah. It's really bad. And so uh, they talk to the head of security. They talk to this other guy who works at the bank and Voight knows for sure. He's like, there's 8 million reasons why one of these guys is lying. Mm-hmm. Like for sure, for sure. So over to patrol. <laughs> um, Kev asks him what's up with her and Ruzik. And she's like, I don't know. Like, I have no idea. And so he's like, I'm going to give you some advice here. <laughs> and this is just Birdwater being Birdwater. So he's like, if your big plan is to sleep your way into intelligence, I don't know if that's the guy to make it happen. And she gives him the death stare. <laughs> I will say that, like, I know he means it as, like, a joke, like, he, whatever, and they had that kind of relationship, but, like, that may, and it may have flown in, like, 2014, but, like, today, uh uh-uh, does not fly. 
Right. That that's a joke that if you make that today, like immediately your friend is like, fuck you. Like, yeah. I, like even if you're friends, I like I was just like, no, no, yeah. No. Yeah. That yeah. is not like 2014, okay, fine, but like not 2023, almost 2024. Also, that's that's something Al would say. That's not something Kevin would say. Yeah, coming from Kevin, I was like, dude. Right, right. And then like of course that the the relief when he's like no i'm joking and she's like get off me like it's, yeah you know it's funny but yeah back in the bullpen this head of security guy his last name is perco we find out that he doesn't have an arrest record but he does have a juvie record mm-hmm. uh, and his brother is still in prison in statesville and so jen comes back with all the security footage and it's really not helpful at all like at all uh so yeah, they're like this. There's no way this wasn't an inside job because like, look, the cameras are far enough away that you can't see their faces. Like the one camera that they have to pass is obscured by a gate. Like there's yeah. no way. And so Al mentions that one of the local beat cops had interviewed someone and saw the mask, the guys who were masked, like remove their mask and they were Caucasian, which means Perko lied. Yeah, because he said they were black. Yep. Yep. They were black. So... Allie stops by to see Jay. This is back when like 15 things were happening at once. Allie stops by to see Jay at the district and, you know, she's just like, see you tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, see you tomorrow. Like, who just stops into somebody's work for like that short of a conversation? Mm -hmm. That's weird. Yeah. So we get that a little bit. So Antonio and Sumner go to visit Perko in the hospital and Sumner's like chomping at the bit. She's like, no, I'm ready to grill this guy. Like, I'm going to get this out of you. Uh, poor Sumner. She just never, like, no matter what she did, it was just never enough. Well, she had a target on her back from the very beginning because it's a coincidence that like once, why can I never remember the guy's name who took over IA? Um, that ends up killing Jin. Why can I not remember his name? I only know I, his real name is the first thing that comes to me. It's it, Ian Bowen is his real name, but I okay. The, but you know yeah. who I'm talking about, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's a cool. It's not a coincidence that like, from the moment he takes over and like starts butting heads with Voight, that she shows up. So like, she always had to. T- she like could. She was never getting anywhere. Like ever. No. Even if she deserved. I mean, like she was just never getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe her like repeatedly reminding Hank, like, I'm not IA, I'm here to do good work. Maybe that was her trying to like bait him. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, they go visit Perko and Perko is like, look, like I recognize the guy who shot me. Like he's he's from my neighborhood. I don't know his name. He's part of the two threes gang. And it basically becomes like a gang war. You've got a Croatian gang and a Colombian gang starting to fight. Yep. Yeah. Which like I, I, I did not know that there's a Croatian gang in Chicago. Uh, apparently there is. Croatian gang presence. Okay. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. So then Ruzik runs into Platt, asks for some more details about what she needs help with, and then we find out. So Platt's dad is super rich. Like super rich. Super rich. And so every year they do this routine where she brings her, air quotes, new fiance to dinner. And then he like he writes her a check. That's basically it. how she can afford to live her cushy lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ruzik's like, okay, well, I'll do it. But like, is she really, is he going to believe the age difference between us? And Platt just plays some mind games in this episode. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, how old do you think I am? And he's like, that's a trap. Yep. Not that's going there. Nope. Not doing it. Not doing it. 
So intelligence rolls up to another house and they find a whole bunch more bodies, more of them. So three of the guys have ink from the two threes gang, but another body is definitely not part of that gang. And that's where the Colombian gang comes into this. Mm-hmm. Whew, crazy. Will you take it from here, please? Yes. So Ruzik and Al's job is to tail Perko. And while they're in the car, Al asks him about Wendy. Because remember last week, Ruzik was starting to like kind of question, you know, maybe his engagement and whether he should get married. And he was talking to Al about it. So Al asks him and Ruzik, um, and Ruzik doesn't really want to answer. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. And so Ruzik asks him about Platt. And, like, Ruzik is just automatically assuming that, like, because she does this dance with her dad, that she's gay. Oh, boy. Al, of course, doesn't say anything. I mean, Al doesn't say anything, but, like, Al's also, like, basically, like, Platt's such a mysterious woman. Like, I don't question anything she does or why she does it. But, so he doesn't, like, uh, you know, confirm or deny, but it's, like, Ruzik just assumes. And it's, like, again, very 2014. And and very young Ruzik. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. So... They're still tearing Perko, and they see some guy, like, come up to his car and, like, throw gasoline on Perko and then light him on fire. Casual. 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 Totally casual. Yeah. So, Ruzik runs after the guy, but, of course, in typical PD fashion, they lose them. Because, of course, it's, like, the middle of the episode at this point. Like, they can't get him that fast. Right. Right. So, Antonio has this theory that, like, Perko somehow found out about the money and, like, told his Croatian friends. And then somehow the Colombians found out and decided to rob the robbers. But then they're like, okay, well, so then how did the Colombians find out? That's what they still don't know. So Jin gets a hold of Perko's phone and basically finds that the same number has been called 11 times. And that number is from inside Statesville. Which, of course, can mean only one thing. Perko's brother. Yep. So... Boy and Antonio go talk to Perko's brother and he wants out of his cell, but not just as a negotiation tactic. And as it turns out that Perko's brother's cellmate is Colombian. Its name is Miguel Ortega. He's a big time killer with the Latin Kings. And so they kind of figure out that like he must have overheard Perko and his brother talking about the whole thing. That's how the Colombians found out. So... Then Jen's like, okay, well, let me figure out who Miguel's been talking to. And it's, of course, this guy named Rolo Ramirez. And Ruzik recognizes him as, like, one of the, or recognize one of Rolo's lieutenants as the homeless guy who threw the gas on Perko. So, yeah. So, Woody and Al decide they're going to go visit the other guy from the bank, the security guy. And they end up finding out he's only been there for three weeks. And, of course, he got put in that job by the Colombians to basically help pull it off. And he's like, look, like, I don't know where Ramirez is, but he likes to use high-end girls. And so that's how they're going to get to him. So he, of course, just ordered two hookers. And Burgess volunteers first. She's like, I want to be the girl. I want to send me under. I do love how Burgess was always willing to, like... She wanted to prove herself. Yeah, yeah. She was always willing to leap before she looked. She was always like, let's go. Yeah. Well, I think that's why it really hurt her, like, later on when Voight's like, yeah, no, you can't come up because of your relationship with Ruzik. Yeah. Because she's like, no, like, I deserve to be up there. But, like, Ruzik basically, mm, yeah, kind of killed her chances. Um, And Ruzik's concerned. He's, like, very concerned. But Bruges is like, no, like, I want to prove myself to Voight. And she's just like, just cover my ass. And like, she walks away and he's just like, covered. 
I need the parallel of that scene with the one later on when he's like, I'm still with you. Like somebody needs to put those gifts side by side. I know. You need to find those. Yeah. I need that. I'm sure both of those moments individually are gifts. So we just need to find them and put them together. Yep. So Aaron's like, look, Burgess can go in, but like she's a little too green. So she gets Nadia to go in with her. And so they go in and they start playing the roles. And of course, like the guys are like, no, you need to do cocaine. Like that's the only place to like prove yourself that you're not just like undercover cops, like do cocaine. Mm-hmm. And of course, Nadia just came off from being 30 days sober, but she knows that Burgess isn't going to do it. And so she takes one for the team and does the cocaine. Um, yeah. And so of course, then Rolo shows up. And so Kim goes to the bathroom to call Voight like she said she did, you know, she would. She gives him the signal. Intelligence comes in. And of course, like Rolo ends up taking Nadia hostage. Like they end up going through this whole thing. The lieutenant's guy, whose name I can't remember, like beats Kim up in the bathroom and escapes out the window. And then he and Jay get into it in some random lady's kitchen, like a couple blocks down. And like he beats Jay up and like flees the scene. Um, and then Voight does a very Voight thing and kicks everyone out of the house and sticks Rolo's hand down the disposal. Normal, casual police brutality things. Yeah, I, the police brutality, and it, yeah, it's really bad. That we normalize too. Ugh. I know, I, I know. I feel disgusted with myself every time I see something. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to not think that was as big a deal. Yeah, I'm not necessarily like disgusted with myself, but it's kind of something where like the the early seasons, I'm just like, Ugh. I'm like, I really wish they hadn't done that. But then, and- I mean, like, and I'm not saying this is like an offense towards the writers, but like, then they don't have a show. That's a big problem then if you don't have a show right. without police brutality. But that's what I'm saying is like they ran on the premise that like Voight did things his own way. And that's what made Peeny different than all the other cop shows. Not that you don't have a show, but like, you know what I mean? Like the reason PD was supposed to stand out from all the other police shows is that Voight does things his own way. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to defend it because it's not right, but that is what they ran with in these early seasons. I mean, still now, they still run with that. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was a different climate. And, you know, I get there's a whole, I mean, that's a whole conversation we've already had. But, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't I know. Because it's bad. Like, I mean, all police brutality is bad. But, like, this is just, like, dude. The hand in the garbage disposal? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's really bad. So bad. Yeah. Nothing will top the face on the burner when Justin died. Oh my god, yeah. But like shit. This is up there though. I forgot about that specific part, but this is up there too. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. So Rolo ends up giving them a location of the cash. Intelligence recovers it. IA shows up and of course Boyd's like has his defenses up. He kind of um, tries to bribe the IA guy. Well, yeah, and like, but of course, Voight's like, okay, well, how about sudden is AIA all of a sudden show up? Yeah, like, like, what the fuck are you doing here? What are you doing here? Yeah. So, Boy or Ruzik shows up for dinner with Flat and her dad, and like, it goes well. It's, you know, there's nothing wrong, but it goes well. But what does not go well, though, is the following conversation in the parking lot. Well, thanks for that. No, I had a good time. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. 
Your dad, he seems, you know, he seems great. He's a blowhard. Mm. But he's not too bad once you get to know him. <laughs> hey, you seal the deal? You gave me an envelope. I haven't looked at it yet. I gotta ask you something, Sarge. Why haven't you told him you're gay? Gay? Yeah, I just, I think, and I know I'm speaking out of school here, but I think you'd be cool with it. Seems like... I'm not gay. What? I did half the guys in my class at the academy. Just because I haven't found someone worth a damn to settle down with, that doesn't mean... Wow. Oh, okay, this is, um... Yeah, you're damn right it is. I'm so sorry. Just forget I said anything, Sergeant. Forget oh. I said that. Yeah, sorry. I'll forget to say anything to your fiancé about you shacking up with Burgess. Yeah, but you want to. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. I'll see you tomorrow. No, I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, baby Ruzik. That's my girl, Trudy. Doing half baby the guys Ruzik. in the academy. Baby Ruzik. Oh, big time. Oh, man. I, I But I love Platt, though. I love her. Trudy's such a boss. Such an iconic. Like, such an icon. I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, so, like, years ago, some like a, I think a listener had sent us a theory and was like, wait, didn't Voight and Platt go to the Academy together? Like, I, they were close if they didn't go. They was, like, very close, yeah. That's a, that, that's a prequel I would watch. It's like a Trudy prequel. Yeah. Oh, I would watch a Trudy prequel hands down. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Because she ends up, remember, like, by the time, well, she, like, gets close to ending. She, like, saves Antonio's life at one point. Mm -hmm. And, like, so she overlapped with Antonio, too, before she got sidelined to death duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Jay goes to dinner and has dinner with Allie and her parents and like things are going well like they're definitely kind of starting to like obviously Ben can't come back like what happened to Lonnie like can't bring Ben back but like they can finally start to move on which is really great to see and so of course like Allie's leaving tomorrow and her parents are like making comments about how like she should stay there's no reason for her to go back and blah 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 and Jay's like yeah Allie why don't you move back and she's like okay well maybe I will it's like okay and we never see them again. I don't think so. I don't remember if she comes back or not. Now I'm like, uh, let's sign to be it. Yeah. So then Aaron ends up taking Nadia back to rehab. Because, of course, like, Nadia is so upset with herself. Not that she didn't, like, because she, I mean, she. I think she's fine with the choice that she made to, like, not let Burgess do the cocaine. But she was just, like. She thinks Aaron's going to be mad at her for doing mm-hmm. the cocaine. And Aaron's like, no, like, you did the right thing. Like, I'm not I'm not mad at you. Um, like, it's okay. Like, I understand why you did it. You didn't just do it because you wanted to do it. You did it because she kind of had to do it. Yeah. Um, and so Aaron takes her back. It's no problem. Sumner then finds, like, the picture of Jules in her desk and, like, shows it to Antonio. And they have this whole conversation about, like, what Jules was like. And it's just, it's a very nice, very nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the commander joins, has Antonio come up, or commander comes up and has Antonio join him in Voight's office. And so, turns out the Munoz staff is being handed over to Felden, and basically they've decided they're going to use Pulpo to draw out the Colombian so they can get Munoz um, and take him down. And, yeah. Pulpo's out. Yeah, or about to be out. And, like, commander here, he's like, you remember Pulpo? And Antonio's like, 
Yeah. You mean the guy who kidnapped my son? Yeah. yeah. Killed Jules? Yeah. I yeah, do. I know that guy. I've heard of him. I, I do know that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. This is the only episode that Allie appears in. I couldn't remember if it was one or another one, but yeah. So I guess the point of that is just to show that, you know, Ben's family is able to move on. Yeah. And give us that little bit of backstory on a... Yeah, no, for sure. But it's also, like, I guess it was more, like, I guess it was just to show that, like, Jay's still not in, like, a non-committal place. He's just kind of living his life. Yep, just kind of doing his thing. Yeah. But, anyway, that is PD. That is PD. Yep. Our rewatch is officially over with that. Crazy. I mean, yeah, I when we get another hiatus, we'll obviously start back with 12. But um, it's been fun to do it, like, all in a row. I feel like it's going to throw me off, though, once we watch, like, season 12. And then we do, like, a random episode, like, episode 12, and be like, what happened in the beginning? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. But, Part of me is wondering if I need to rewatch last season's finales just as a refresher. I kind of feel like I need to. I don't want to put myself through that. I feel like I should rewatch parts of them. I don't know. Like, you should not watch Med, though. Don't watch Med. I'm not. No, I won't. I won't. Although, like, I I do like how Will went scorched earth and was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go after I mean, bang. There's nothing wrong with the episode. Like, I mean, he ends, he gets a happy ending. He gets to go be with Natalie in Seattle. Like, it's just that Will was your favorite and now he's gone. Even I think if the I premiere, wanted to... I honestly think the premiere is going to hit harder than the finale does. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, not seeing him. That's going to. Because there's that's... never been an episode of Med where he's not been in it, right? Oh, my God. Now you put it that way and it makes it worse. Yeah, so, it's going to feel weird. It's going to feel really weird. That's going to feel weirder than I think rewatching the finale would. But I do feel like the same. I'm like, I kind of feel like I need to rewatch the finale. Yeah, maybe I can watch it up until Will tenders his re- resignation. And then just skip to the Seattle clip. Maybe. <laughs> skip that scene. I think Fire is the only finale that like I can stomach that won't destroy me. Yeah. Although, well, God, if we would spot Patty behind the scenes, I'd feel a lot better about PD. They need to go back to... Have they really been filming that much in public? That's a good question. Either that or just people haven't been going to filming. Because LaRoyce has been posting a lot of stuff. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Tracy's been posting a lot. Cause she's like, it's my final episode, so let me post a bunch. And I'm like, okay. Good. Um, But yeah. I just feel like I haven't seen as many pictures of them out yet. Like, out and about. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why we haven't seen Patty. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Reem has been posting again. Okay. Like, I hate to be that person that's, like, creeping her pictures to see if there's any semblance of Patty. But I've done it. Well, it's not even Patty. I mean, we all know Patty's still alive. It's not like Patty. It's more just, like, are they in Chicago? Like, is she posting from Chicago? Well, that's the thing is she's she's traveling right now. uh, Oh, and but she I, I hate traveling without Patty. Exactly. I, I hate to creep on like the spouses and the siblings instas for like semblance of the other person. I hate that. Uh, but I'm, I've been guilty of it recently. But Okay, but it does feel good though that we, I feel like we feel pretty confident in the fact that at least two of the three med residents are back. That Devin and Connor are back because yes. they were together and they were in Chicago. And then Connor was hanging out with um, 
oh my God, which nurse trainee. Yeah, yeah. So I feel I feel confident at least. I'm like, okay, Devin and Connor are back. We have no still idea about Lila, but like I'm like, okay, we didn't lose like everyone on med. We still have like people. I'm like, okay, we're finally starting to see those people pop up and things, but, but like, but Patty's a big one. Like I feel I, I know, so much but better. Like, there's no way Patty's not coming back. I don't know. I mean, Nick leaving was we got blindsided by that. I I I feel pretty confident that Patty's coming back. Then why haven't we seen him? I don't know, but like I feel pretty confident that it's coming back. <laughs> Torres, however. Torres, though, I don't know. Torres, <laughs> I don't know. Do we need to like put out an amber alert for him or something? Kind of. Because Benjamin Benjamin posts so many random things that like you can't use Benjamin's Instagram to like tell you anything. Right. And like are we going to get a new character when Tracy leaves? Don't know. I think we need one now anyway. I think <laughs> we, gonna... need, we need new blood on all three shows. I'm like, can we get another woman on Med? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But, like, we're at least getting new blood on Med. We're getting new blood on Fire. So, like... But eventually, too, we're going to have to have someone to replace Kara. Right. Eventually, depending on how long she stays this season. Yeah. Because we don't know that, too. Like, we don't know how long Tracy's staying this year. We don't know. Like, those could be decisions that don't have to technically be made till, like, 13 and 12 if they stay for most of the season. Right. So, but we don't know. So many mysteries. So many mysteries. So, that's about all we've got for today. But the cool thing is, is that you're going to hear from us in a couple more days. Yep, on Friday. Oh, I'm so pumped for the Christmas movie episode. (laughs) Just the best tradition. It really is. And just the, I feel like the movies, like we say it every year, but like now more than ever, the movies are just so like needed. Yeah. Yeah. I still got to catch up though. I still making my way through some of them. You got time. You got time. I know. A little bit. Like, like I said, the only one I'm kind of bummed at myself that I haven't got a chance to watch is Tyler's because, like, I thought I had it recorded and I did not. Let me check and see if it, whether Charlie deleted it and then I'll text you our password so you can, like, get in and watch it. Cause, Have uh, you watched the Michael Rady one yet? Where Are You Christmas? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's I gotta cute. watch that one, too. It's I gotta cute. watch that one, too. Yeah. So, cool. All right. Well, you guys know where to find us in the meantime. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Yeah. Cool. I got it all. Uh, yeah. Meet us at Molly's. Every single one of them. Meet us at Molly's. Email us anytime about anything. Seriously, anything. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Guys, we have lives outside of One Chicago and we know you do too. Like, you can talk to us anytime about anything. So, uh, if you like the pod, which we really hope you do because you've made it to the end of this episode, <laughs> uh, please leave us a reading and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. That would be great. And yeah, so Christmas episode on Friday holiday episode we're taking next week off for obvious reasons mm-hmm. um and then yeah we'll we, the next two weeks off the next two weeks off yeah so we'll be off for for the holidays and new years um and then the next time you hear from us will probably be wish lists yep it'll be wish lists <laughs> what? which is wild wild Taco. i know <laughs> i didn't think we'd get the wish list this year that's insane Mm-hmm. so yeah so really we're we're two episodes away from the like two pod episodes away from the season premieres yep yeah with us taking off the holidays so yeah 
Yeah, unless unless we you know unless we do any unless there is some reason to have an emergency episode, but like oh please God no no you better knock on someone right now no just I don't think yeah so yeah so all right well in the meantime everybody have a great week and we'll see you guys on Friday so not too long bye guys.